What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Podmosh. Today we have Israel Isbell, and we get into the church. We get into Christianity and the church and its role and its purpose and why so many are so whacked right now. <laughs> um, man, we, it's, it was a very, 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 very interesting conversation. And my curiosity about all this, about talking about religion and Christianity, is why it's such a put-off to people. As soon as you start talking about some of these hard issues, emotions get involved and people get offended. It's probably because so many Christians have probably shoved it down your throat and I've had Christians do the same thing to me. Um, so we, instead of talking about it in that way, I tried to, to discuss with Israel um, some of the hard topics, actually m- so many of the hard topics of Christianity, of the church and how it could be better. And you, if you haven't noticed, the past few episodes have been about religion and Christianity. And I didn't really plan that. You know, a lot of my episodes, I kind of just flow with it. Uh, the scheduling of the episodes, what what topics we talk about. And it just so happened the past few episodes tend to be about religion and Christianity. So uh, I wanted to dig deep into some of these hard issues into, into today's world. And I know I got a stutter, sorry. Oh, if you haven't noticed, this is my new mics. Sounds a lot better. These are my new mics. That sounds a lot better. Uh, after one of the episodes where I had to edit about three hours, I was like, okay, I got to... I gotta get some better mic, so hope you guys enjoy the better quality. I can tell a huge difference, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> I don't know. So Israel Isabel, a uh, great, great, great topic. Uh, it was really cool to hear some of his perspectives on it and where we got into. We got into some rabbit holes, but they were good ones. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoy like I did. Thanks. Did you get the vaccine? That's probably why. Everybody knows that the vaccine is like metal and it's a transmitter. I did not. 5G. I've been wearing my aluminum hat 23G. Like last February. You're a 23G, right? It's not like the 23 flavors in Dr. Pepper. It just makes it all better. Life 23 better. flavors of cancer from cell towers. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Israel, uh, just overview. Who are you? I am a friend of yours uh, from a while back. I am uh, average Joe. Uh, and at the same time, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I definitely would not agree that you're an average Joe. You're one of the most unique people I know, to say the least. <laughs> well, I hope that's a good thing. Is it, no, yeah, definitely, definitely a good thing. I'll take that. But yeah, I just, uh, I would say I just, I love life. I love people and uh, in that order. And I think life is relationships with people. And so getting to know people more and getting to know things about what makes us who we are, um, how to build those relationships deeper, uh, why that matters, why that's a good thing. Those are things that are like huge passions of mine. And um why like why have those become huge because it wasn't always like that definitely it, early on like even in high school this wasn't really a uh, common thread for you yeah i would say i would say it's definitely something that's developed as i've grown up um just the loving people loving yeah, people. yeah yeah i've always loved and loved people but didn't know it and didn't know why and um i can definitely say my dad had a huge part in that and has had a huge part in that because that's a huge part of who he is and just now growing older and being able to relate more to your parents and, you know, for mm-hmm. me to my dad, yeah, definitely seeing more of his strengths and, you know, learning as life goes on, playing to our strengths rather than, you know, like just being random. The things that I'm good at, I'm noticing a lot of those come from dad and come from his ability to relate to people and just having seen and done that myself by nature, like osmosis growing up around him. Then getting older after high school and things like that be, enabled me to be more intentional with it in uh, in a lot of ways that 
Um, I think some people don't have the opportunity because of their parents or because of the way they grew up or whatever. But you yeah. like I, you love and you're very good with people, but you're very good and love people in a very different way that I've, I've never seen anybody else do, honestly. Hmm. Um, just seeing you interact with people, seeing you almost bring people together in ways that I haven't seen anybody else do. Like why, why is that such almost, it's almost like a, a it is a gift. I mean, we agree. It's like a, it's like yeah, a I'll niche. Um, but you interact with people in very different and dynamic ways. You can almost interact with anybody in the world and become their best friend within five minutes. I'll take that. I mean, you got some funny stories about that. Even Katie, That's your wife, for sure. has some funny stories about the that. Highway, the highway friends Please tell, yeah, from so India. So one of our other trips, you needed... <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> please talk about that, how that went. Because that was one of our other trips we went on. Yeah. Shout out to Irfan. But we uh, <laughs> we were in, coming back from San Antonio on I-10 uh, or coming to San Antonio on I-10 uh, from south of New Mexico. Yeah. We had jumped on and uh, had to get gas and... I am not the slowest of drivers, and so especially in rental cars. Exactly, <laughs> I rent I rent cars to have fun in them because that's part of the vacation. I don't want to have a <laughs> slow uh, nonsense vehicle, and so um, we're just going down I ten at probably like eighty five, ninety, ninety five, hundred. If I'm honest, and it was uh, it was actually north of hundred most yeah, of the time. Yeah, we were right around that three digit, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and in the dust of New Mexico, I had written in the back of the vehicle. Um, some statement, I don't remember, with my finger when we'd stopped for gas in New Mexico, something like, uh, love people, enjoy the drive or something like that. And so we're two or three hours into driving from New Mexico to San Antonio. And I noticed there's this white BMW following me pretty closely. And again, we're cruising in through traffic. Yeah, and you're stuff. not just, it wasn't just like, it was on highways. It was Houston traffic, San Antonio traffic. Yeah. And it's packed. Yeah, but it was, you're flying and you're weaving in and out of cars, and this person's following you. Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm just not going to pay attention. I'm just going to be on my phone, read some books. Yeah. Now, granted, <laughs> if you will do me the the service for everyone listening who actually knows me, sake, like I typically, if I'm doing that, it's fairly safe. It's, yeah, it was, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, you weren't you weren't crazy. I definitely felt safe. I was just, I don't know if that was from the car or the driver or what. I mean, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take, it. I'll take what I can get. So this BMW is there and I noticed for like an hour it's, it's hugging me and we're doing it together. And I'm like, you know what? This guy's actually enjoying this. Like I can kind of just pick up uh -huh. on that. Right. And I, maybe that's part of the gifting, but I can kind of sense this guy and I'm looking in my mirrors and everything. And, and my wife is like, you're paying too much into it. You're like, he's just random or whatever. And I'm like, no, watch this. I'm going to get gas. But he's been following you for how many hours? Probably now? about an hour, a little over an hour. And we were driving for several hours. And so he had been tight with me. And so I'm like, watch, I'll test it. I'm going to get gas and put on my blinker. And uh, the gas station's on the other side of the highway. It's not on the right side. It's and you passed two other ones. Yeah, I passed a few. And uh, I was like, watch. And as soon as I put my blinker on, he puts his blinker on. And that, so now I'm in. I'm like, oh, he's definitely a, he's, he's a bro already. <laughs> no, you don't. We're just in. You like, you were holding the steering wheel. I still remember this. And you're like, yeah. Because <laughs> I just won a serious bet with my wife. And she still didn't believe. She was doubting at this point. I'm like, babe, me and him are automatically mm. friends already. So sure enough, I, I pull off. I go left under the highway. He follows me left under the highway and we pull in to the gas station. And I'm like, I got to buy this guy a drink or something for the road. And so I just walk across the vehicle to the other gas pump and, and you gave him a hug. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, I was like, I was like, are, are we, are we doing this? He was like, man, I knew when you were pulling off, you would know where the gas was. I've been following you. And uh, we just immediately hit it off. And so I was like, what do you want to drink? I'm going in. And so sure enough, that ended up 
us exchanging numbers and we became friends and we've actually gone down to Houston and see his, him and his wife and uh, all from driving down the highway. And so we talked even on the rest of the journey, the journey to San Antonio, there was like another hour and a half and we ended up texting and communicating while we were driving at a slower speed at that point of course, yeah. for the rest of the way. Texting and driving at a slower speed is way safer. Way safer. I agree. Yeah. Statistically. So just, I mean, 70 yeah. versus a hundred, definitely way safer. Way safer. Yeah. So, and we were doing the speed limit on I-10, yeah. which I think is, I think it's 85. So all of y'all that are going, you're crazy. It is 85 <laughs> eastbound on I-10. So I honestly don't think there are too many people 10 who are over saying is 95. that you're crazy, honestly, in Texas here. Yeah, that's I mean, true. So, so that's one uh, of the stories. I met one of the guys that was a groomsman at my wedding at a camp out in Chick-fil-A in Houston, just randomly. <laughs> uh, and he ended up, I, I was in his wedding. He was in mine. Um, I met a friend that now has the same tattoo that I do. Uh, one of few guys who are in a really tight knit circle uh, from Afghanistan at a mutual friend's wedding in India. I still India. get him on, man. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say I claim that like I've, I've had some unique experiences meeting people and, uh, and I love that. I enjoy trying to connect. I'm a firm yeah. believer that things don't happen by accident. Cause there's salesmen, right? There, there are people who are uh, naturally salesmen, which I'm sure you're good at that, but you've taken a, a 10 steps deeper where when you meet somebody, it's almost like you've connected in such a way and you follow through that relationship in such a way that's going to be there for life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I it's think that's very the goal. different. It's better to have friends than enemies. And I think right. it's better to have friends than just neutral acquaintances too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I think I approach most people like that if I'm going to be spending any amount of time around them. So if they're strangers, but I know I'm going to be with strangers for two hours, I'm going to hope they're not strangers by the end of it. But there's also something that occurs <clears throat> with most people um, where even I've experienced this a lot of times where, you know, you're meeting somebody and you're not really there to strike up the conversation. You kind of just are very focused on what goes, you know, if you're going to Walmart, you know, I go, I used to go to Walmart and just, okay, got to get my, my, my stuff and get out. You going to Walmart, <laughs> <laughs> you walk down the toilet paper aisle and buy three people toilet paper and then you go to the next aisle and you strike up a conversation with some guy and you could honestly buy Walmart just through your conversation. So like very different. You don't, that, that store being is, is when you go into places, you're not there to just focus on one thing and get out. You're there with a very open mind, a very like wide eyes. Who's hurting? Yeah. You can who, say that. who is, uh, who needs to talk? Yeah. Something about even just your aura that you have is very uh, open. It's people are w more willing to strike up a conversation with you and become friends. And you're very engaging. Why, why is that? Why do you do that while other people go to the store? They're just there and out. I think priorities is a big part of that. So like, for instance, people going in and getting out because they're there for what they need. So superseding what I need is always who's where, right? Like why is someone here also? That's that's among my top top priorities is to understand that. So not just I'm at the grocery store and I need, you know, toilet paper or food or whatever. But if I'm at the grocery store, I'm also going to be interacting with people. Therefore, that's also a priority is how I interact and why I interact with who I do. Why do people not make that a priority then? I don't know. That's actually one of my missions is to find that out or at least to help people explore that because I don't think everybody needs to. I think plenty of people have reasons not to engage with people to the mm. extent that I do. I don't think it's safe for a lot of people to do it in the ways that I do. Um, but I do think there are many more people who could and should do it in that regard or at least, you know, uh, make steps further than they are. Um, 
but you know, not, not in any kind of way that's condemning people. I just think like there are those of us that are gifted. I do believe in the, you know, we'll say gifts, but I think there are gifts given to people for like different talents or abilities or whatever things that are innate in them. And I think that for a lot of people, that's like the ability to connect. Uh, and I think for me, what that probably, you know, I was just sitting here thinking about it while you were describing it. And I think for me, part of it is like, uh, I genuinely care, like even if it's Walmart, even if it's the toilet paper aisle. And I think that probably comes across, whereas a lot of people, there's an angle, there's like something underneath or there's something behind it. And, uh, I mean, I could die right after leaving Walmart. So if the last conversation I have with somebody in the toilet paper, toilet paper aisle is, uh, less than fulfilling, I'm, doing something wrong. Well, the, you ever heard of that? Uh, it's anime. So anime, right? You, you and Katie tried to get me into anime for, I don't know how many years. Oh, yeah. And so Molly showed me this one. I was like, oh, okay, now I get why everybody likes anime. One of the ones we watched talked about the law of uh, equivalent exchange. I forgot what the um, anime is called. The old alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. The full metal alchemist. Yeah. And the entire law behind that, which is very, it's a very, uh, it's ingrained in their culture is, is that you do something and you get something in return that's of equal value. If mm-hmm. you don't, it set, upsets the laws of basically physics right. and alchemy is in their world. In their world, and it's I think that many people, if not most people here, um, live by that law unknowingly. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I, I think we know that as as a law of physics is you know like energy isn't created or destroyed or whatever, it's right? Transferred. Yeah. yeah, but I think that we simplify it to just things like mass and, and matter rather than like relationship. Or, um, like we, we know what ROI is in a stock market and with investments and with things. And we believe in that ROI is return on investment. Yeah. We, we believe in that concept for certain categories of life like Mm -hmm. finance, but we, we don't see it as clearly when we're thinking about ROI in a conversation Mm. or ROI in what we would consider random chance or random interaction. But people still do all the time in relationships, in marriages, in close friendships. It's all Mm -hmm. about, okay. If I do this for you, then I one day I'm going to need to uh, you do something for me or vice versa. And I've, that was a lot I lived by. And you're actually the one who broke it inside me, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Because when we first started hanging out a few years back, uh, started getting really close. You know, One of those things that I, I always did was, okay, he went and bought me lunch. That means I got to save up enough money to buy them lunch <laughs> on a nice dinner one time so that I, I feel equivalented. Right. It's that law of equal exchange. Right. And it took a while, but... I could fairly say that that's pretty much gone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, cool. I think too, cause there's, it's not necessarily that anything's wrong with that perspective. I think it's just too small because we don't know what's equivalent cause we don't know what the future holds. And okay. So, expand on that. So I think with trying to manage like a docket or a, not a docket, a budget, so to speak between two friends. Right. So I buy you dinner, you owe me dinner. You, you buy me dinner. I owe you dinner. Uh, that's just a circle of influence of the two of us. But then if we look, if we kind of like widen our scope, I buy you dinner. Now you have money to potentially do something else with maybe for some other person. Right. And that scope's a little bit larger. Right. Or you buy me dinner, vice versa. Uh, You expand that scope of influence to include some unknowns, but some potentials. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you start to make those potentials intentional, like, Hey, I had extra money because so-and-so bought me dinner. Now I can buy toilet paper for three people at Walmart and start conversations. 
now your circle of influence is much greater, right? Or your circle of engagement rather than it's just focused on, you know, like I took the one interaction I had with you, you bought me dinner. Now I'm owing you something. It's like, oh, no, no, now Caleb's freed me up to have a tangible for somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, and I definitely don't think that it's influence. I don't, I don't think that's what we're trying to get right, right, here right, because yeah. that would still fall into the concepts of the law of equivalent, equivalent exchange. Right. I think it's, uh, what was the other word? Not influence, but engagement engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And doing something without expecting that or in turn mm-hmm. is a very cool concept and yeah. not talking about it is also pretty cool. Like, cause a lot of people will do these really cool things, like real cool, uh, gifts or some, like buying dinner for, and then they'll, I've heard people and I felt the urge as well to talk about what I've done. I mean, yeah. like, Hey, I, I bought them dinner. It was, it felt really good. I just can't believe how great I am. <laughs> you know, it's like exactly. that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like a subtle brag, brag, yeah. sometimes not so subtle, but it yeah. is, it's like a, Hey, I feel good. I want to feel good. You yeah. know, like it makes me feel good to know you did know that I did this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I do think that there's a deeper reward for, it being unknown Hmm. and for it to be just in who you are for some reason, rather than I'm doing this so that I can get an accolade. You know what I mean? Hmm. And again, I think that that's in the RO, the the investment that that is making is, is like, I think genuine uh, people being able to receive you as genuine as a part of that return. Hmm. Right. So like some of the things I might do, Maybe that that maybe part of that uh, unknown reward is that people can tell I'm a little more genuine or that I come across genuine upfront, mm. right? Um, maybe that's a component of it. Mm. And um, and you're you're a very deep person. All these things that you're talking about are very analyzed. You've, you it seems like you um, from from since I've known you have routed out so many different routes and maps. Okay, if I go here, then A and B are going to fall through. Okay, steps one, two. You have all these different just routings. Um, and you think about things that are very deep. Why? Uh, we can go back to my dad on that one and my mom, um, not just my dad, but my upbringing, my dad was a pastor for pretty much my entire life. And, uh, I think there's multiple ways to do that. And, uh, he did it the right way. And, uh, being a pastor is what I'm referring to. And, um, and so, you know, I, I approach life, looking through the lens of God and what he says about life and that there's a way to do it. It's not just free form, but mm-hmm. there's like purpose to things and purpose to life and to interaction with people. So from a young age, I grew up thinking that way and like exploring things with a framework of there's a why behind things. Um, and there's answers and there's, um, fruit, you know, so to speak. So like if, if you plant certain actions, you're going to gain certain fruit later in life because of those actions. And so, uh, and then just having certain experiences based on some of that upbringing, uh, I was exposed to a lot of things. A lot of people aren't at a young age. My parents were in uh, leadership at a church and many different churches actually. And so, uh, I was exposed to a bunch of different facets of like church life or, um, just social engagement. I, I, I would say, being out late, you know, where a lot of people would have their kids home when they're four, five, six years old, you know, and go to bed or whatever. I might be out at 10, 11 midnight because my parents are meeting with people or hanging out or doing something. And, uh, so that was like, there's differences there, I think, in how I was raised than a lot of people that enabled me to kind of have my eyes open in a different way than uh, a lot of people do. Uh, but then also I think just, uh, later in life experiences 
uh, lost my best friend at I was 20 when he died and, um, he was 24, about to be 24. Um, and just experiencing, and I had probably been to two dozen funerals by that point in life. Um, not just family, but friends or friends of friends. And, uh, because my dad was a pastor and I wasn't sheltered from a lot of that concept, like the fragility of life, uh, and the need for it to mean something, the need for it to be a little more weighty than a lot of people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess so. So a lot of this stems out of a desire for me to have life, uh, be, I guess to, to live it to its fullest on my extent, but then also to help people do that for them, for their own life. Cause I've seen so many people not have that and die, or I've seen the impacts of people who didn't live their life a certain way and how much it hurt other people because of that. Mm. And, um, so I, I, I answers your question or makes sense. It's, it's good. Uh, it's some good routes. Cause it's even a good intro to some of what we want to talk about, which is the church. You know, we, we, uh, we're in our twenties, we're in our late twenties. Um, we have a lot of people, our age range, just kind of through with the church. Yeah. They see the fakeness. They, they see through like everything that a lot, like it's very hard to find a good church around here. Like one that actually just, Hey man, like I, when I leave, I feel good about Jesus. Yeah. Like that's for me, that's, that's what I'm aside from whatever I believe about anything in regards to religion. I, I know, like I said before on previous podcasts, like, okay, there's a God. The evidence for me shows that Jesus is the savior. He's the Messiah. He became man and then died and rose in three days. That's kind of it. That, but after that, it's kind of where it stops for me. Um, and in regards to like the crazy ideals of religion and yeah, there's tons some of, of that. Weeds there's, you yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me that I want to, I want to walk away like knowing that that church was on the same page as me regarding Jesus. I want to walk away being affectionate, feeling affectionate for Jesus again. And I don't see a lot of churches doing that. And I feel like most churches are just, how do you say this? Um, Wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay, kidding, that, but okay. I'm kind of not. Yeah, <laughs> That's my passion right there. So I, I don't mind saying that. So the role of the church, I think had a very specific role a long time ago, but it feels like we just kind of reset back into some crazy old ideals. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think we jumped the chasm from like my relationships with people to like, what are my thoughts on church? But well, I mean, you're talking about your dad as a pastor, you know, all this has to do with, they're all kind of interconnected. It's not just jumping the chasm and, you know, you're talking about a relationship, you're talking about your dad as a pastor, you're talking about your roles in the church. And so that, that what I was meaning by that is I was going to say the, why I think I could have this conversation with you is because those things that we were talking about before, I think are all results of our experience in church. I think church healthily is what produces healthy relationships to the fullest. Mm. Not that you can't have a healthy relationship without healthy church. Uh, I think you can. I think plenty of people go their whole life never believing in God and have some healthy relationships and they're fortunate to, to have that. Um, but I do think at a point that ends without a healthy church. Uh, I think there's a, there's a limit to what healthy relationships can provide. Um, Without. Do you have any example for that? Uh, offhand, I would say probably for every person, it could be a different example. I don't think it's a, mm. a general rule. I think it's whatever our specific needs are based on our upbringing and circumstances and uh, innate abilities, right? But the mission of the church is that like we are one of another 
to follow Jesus and to make it clear on earth that Jesus did what he did and that there's a way to be free here. Uh, that's what I think the mission of the church is, and and so to speak. And we're kind of flying off the cuff, but that's um, the entire show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but but I mean, I think that and, that's, it was both real. Like we're, we're both just two guys. Yeah, have yeah, yeah. different views on a lot of things. Um, you're not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. We don't have some crazy titles. We're just like you know talking. Right, right. You know, so yeah. I just wanted to preface a lot of this. Right, and and I, but I do think there's room because that. The church is just members one of another. It's just people. That's like an old, you know, 2,000 years ago way to say, we're just people in this thing together, right? So. <clears throat> those costs, man, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> You're making fun of me I'm with those costs them. before. <laughs> no, I'm getting them on. It's also this old Corpus Christi <laughs> Christian beer here. <laughs> And, the uh, one you left in there for two weeks yeah. and you were mold on the outside and you just power washed it before you came over here. That yeah, one? Yeah, that one. Oh, okay. That one. I Th- wasn't sure. This one right here. <laughs> <laughs> a little old Guinness action, extra double stout. But I should have, I should have bought some scotch, man. I love scotch. Yeah, yeah, you should have. I should have. I want to partake. Partook. 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 Partooked. I don't know. Oh, there. But um, but yeah. So regarding the church and why I was willing to say wrong, right? Honestly, I believe that. I believe most of the churches on the corners today uh, are missing it. And it's unfortunate. And I think that that is why I'm so passionate about being how I am in Walmart or wherever, because I think I have an opportunity and a responsibility with my faith to prove the opposite to be true, to prove when there's 10 that are wrong, the one that uh, sees it with truth can be more effective than the 10 that are wrong. And, um, and so I, I think for me, there's a mantle there to, to see the church become healthier uh, culturally, like to see people's ideal of what church is, like get more pure and get more correct and what I would be correct. Um, obviously, there's things that are all debated on every side of the coin regarding mm-hmm. church and regarding these ideals you're referring to. Uh, but I do think that there's a lot of things that are just apparent in scripture and, and a lot of people haven't read scripture enough. Uh, or have sought it out genuinely to come to any kind of real conclusion. Just like physics, for instance, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but like you can believe some stuff about the way the world works, but if you don't understand the way the world works, you'll be wrong, right? If you build your lifestyle or ideals on... But what, uh, if, but what if the whole uh, mantra of how the, quote-unquote, the uh, how the world works is always changing, so you can't really understand fully what the how the world works. Yeah, that's a good point. So like if you don't believe in an absolute, then yeah, like are there any absolutes? Sayonara. I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I fully believe that. So fundamentally, I believe in a few things that I don't waste time undoing. Um like what? Like truth. I think there is one truth. I don't think there are multiple. I think there are ways of understanding truth that shift because language is finite and context has to be built and uh, things like that. But I don't think truth changes just because the way we communicate it does. Um, I think truth is Jesus and what he says about life and how he's created it. And uh, so I'm fundamentally willing to live my life based on that principle. I'm fundamentally willing to live my life based on the principle that the Bible is from God, uh, even though it's in English now and English didn't exist when Jesus walked the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there is um, spiritual 
reality to the protection of the meaning in the scripture, like the meaning but in the Bible. I, I love what you're saying, but I'm going to pause you there for a second. Yeah. A lot of people are, before you can ever start talking about the, uh, the truth of scripture and how amazing scripture is yeah. and how that's related to the objectivity for all truth. Um, there are so many flaws that people point out and they they don't necessarily get because it's a book that's been translated. What they say tons and tons and tons of times, the right. meaning is, is screwed up. Um, it's, a book that is can get so lost in the translation that it's not a book from God. So right. how, how do we get? How do you get past that when somebody says that? Uh, well, number number one, I think people need to be willing to go into the details because we have to. We all make judgment calls. Let me put it that way, right? Every day, like I make a judgment call to get in my car to trust that the person that is going to pass me on my right isn't going to swerve, right? I make a judgment call. I have an expectation. It's based on data. It's based on life experience, enough decisions to go. It's worth the risk. Because I have to get to work to trust the people on my right and left to drive correctly, right? I'm making a judgment call. Well, with the Bible, it's the same way. You have to make judgment calls and you have to go, hey, based on actually seeking out why, when it was translated, why it was translated, who did what, how many times, all the above. If you search the data, it's fairly clear uh, that making a judgment call in that direction is just as valid as making a lot of other judgment calls in life. And, the uh, judgment call to research or the judgment call? To believe call? it. Okay. So if you research it, if people do, and again, I got nothing to prove. Like I'm not, I'm not. Uh, You're not trying to get in debate with somebody about yeah, this. And yeah. And I'm not afraid of, of being wrong. Right. Yeah. But I'm choosing fundamentally to have these foundations there. But um, if you choose based on a, what you're saying is a subjective way to research, how would anybody else know that? the Bible is what it says it is. Well, I, I'm not saying it's necessarily a subjective way to research. I'm saying there's a subjective way that we all come to conclusions and we all need a certain, like our, all of our tolerance for whatever data is enough to base something as true for our life mm -hmm. is different for every person. Yeah. Uh, and so I, for me, there's enough data on the validity of the Bible for me to go, I'm good with that. I'll move forward. Okay. Um, and I've done some research. Like I'm also not, uh, Ignorant. I mean, I'm like we're talking about. Like, I'm I'm not the kind of Christian that's afraid of really anything. Uh, I'm not out here like with a bunch of rules trying to impose on people. Quite the opposite. And I think that's what shows in my ability to connect with people. Um, it's kind of like proof in the pudding, right? So my outlook on the Bible and on truth uh, doesn't impede my ability to connect with people because I expect them to be the same way. Because when you really actually dig down deep into what some of these things are saying, it's exactly what you're doing. You know, um, hopefully. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, we talk about how the church, how you're saying how most churches on the corner are, are wrong in a lot of what they teach. Yeah. And what you're drawing from scripture is completely like what Jesus would actually do, you know? And yeah, and, I would say hopefully in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not, yeah in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, when we're, when we're commanded, we're not commanded to, you know, do all these things to be able to, succeed in life. He's just saying, Hey, these are some wisdom traits you could probably check into that would help you. But really all our, our own only command is to do what you're saying is just to love. Like, yeah, love no God, matter love where people, no matter where they are. Yeah. That was a little tangent. So, yeah. So back to the, like the Bible scripture and then you're saying, um, that's what you're basing everything yeah, on. So there are fundamentals that I yeah. carry that, yeah. that I think help me analyze and build these routes that you're talking about, like, and, and hypothesize through mm -hmm. life and think, okay, well, if I do this, then, and this, then, and what's yeah. important. And, creating these priorities that we were talking about earlier with instead of just going to groceries, I'm prioritizing people while I'm there. Thinking big picture. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and how we construct that big picture, I think is based on our fundamentals. So when you're, I'm in construction, right? You build a foundation so that whatever's on top of it can be supported. 
And if you have a big picture or a bigger thing on top, you need a bigger foundation. If you have a heavier thing on top, something more weighty, you need a deeper foundation. You need something that's going to last. And so your fundamentals, what you, what you allow yourself to have as unshakable at the bottom of your life, the bottom of your decision-making process, that is what supports what can be built on top, right? So Mm -hmm. what your life can produce, in my opinion, and I'm using a word picture of construction, but what your life can produce is limited by the truth you have understood within you that can support the things you're producing, right? Um, So whatever your fundamentals are, so to speak, is what supports what comes out of your life. Uh, and, and what, you know, what that fruit will be, um, and how, how much impact it has and how much reach it has, you know, a tree to grow tall has to have a deep root. What do you say about the people who, uh, are successful, Mm -hmm. you know, in almost any area of life who haven't brought in these type of fundamentals that you're talking about, you put in yet are still have a lot of influence or having a great life, but the concept of spirituality of these objective truths are furthest from their mind. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I hope that at the end of it all, they're correct. Okay. What? (laughs) I would hope that at the end of it all, when they're done living their life their way, that that it'll be good. That's what I hope for them. (laughs) And, uh, at the base, I mean, like I can't argue with that necessarily because who am I, right? I'm just a dude. Like if they want to live their life their way, that's between them and, and whatever they think. Um, my belief is that there's a there's a cost to this life and, uh, and at one point we have to pay it and we either pay it by a, a receipt of purchase that Jesus gives us and we receive and at the end of the day I can turn that in and be like hey thank you Jesus here's the cost for my life Jesus paid it you know when I get to the gates at the end right and then some people won't have that and uh, it's not my job to discern who or why or whatever. I'm not at the end of the street corner telling everybody they're going to go to hell or anything. Cause that's between them and God. I don't send anybody to hell and I don't pull anybody out of hell. That's God's job. Me not talking to somebody doesn't send them to hell and it doesn't prevent them from going to hell either. Right. I don't have that much power. I'm just a dude. I'm a, I'm a sack of blood and bones. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's, so for me, for those people, I would just say like, keep going. And if it's working, I hope it works after you're done. Mm-hmm. And if it's not working and you don't have peace and you don't have good relationships, well, maybe I got a solution for you. Um, kind of open-handed, if that makes sense. Cause yeah. I, I'm not trying to put anything yeah, on anyone, anybody, yeah. I get that. Um, but I do want to offer a solution if they need one. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they don't feel like they need one, I can't create a problem for them. Yeah. I'm not trying yeah. to. <laughs> and you just say, cool, all right, move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, But I also think, again, we we ask a lot of hypothet- hypothetical questions, and I do it all the time. It's actually I love something... hypotheticals. Yeah. It's what also, if there were no hypothetical questions? Well, then we would never know. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Mine's pretty solid right now. But <laughs> 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 Maybe I haven't drank enough Guinness. But uh, oh, I should have had that scotch. I, um, you got Dr. Pepper. You drink enough of those, it might do something. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it ferment for 10 years. <laughs> so if if there's all these issues with the church and the church has kind of reverted back to the crazy times of Old Testament, you have to do all this stuff that's so condemning and that, you know, it feels more a lot more like hate to the outsiders. Yeah. Um, 
I would say for good reason too. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And that's like, that's something I'm struggling with. We, you and I've had tons of conversations about church. Um, like why, like, it just doesn't seem like anybody's teaching about Jesus. So if, if Jesus is that way and the only way for love to occur for all this, maybe not only way for love to occur, but, um, I I would say so. Yeah. I'd say the source, you could say that, but even people who don't believe in Jesus can still love. It just may not be the depth of love. They might be understanding. Yeah, 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 I agree with it's, that. But I, I would love. say it still, it still comes from him. It's just, it's. I would say that that's like a residual gift, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like they live in an environment of love, therefore they can like scrape some of it off and share it a little bit. Can someone still live in an environment of love when they've never felt love? Tough question. I know that's an outlier, and this isn't for everybody, of course, but the who was given up at birth. I think... Broken people break people. Hurt people hurt people. Um, so within this concept of broken people breaking other people and not really experiencing that type of love, can they still love? Yeah, I would say that's it would be extremely difficult. Mm. And, uh, and not impossible. No, no, yeah. not impossible. Yeah. I think there's an option, and that's my that's the hope is right. Like if they're <clears throat> if they're that person at Walmart, maybe that's the day I catch them. Mm. Right? Maybe that's the day that somebody who they've never met buys toilet paper for them just because. Mm. Right. And why would I do that other than I actually love them? Yeah. Right. And so, but I agree with you. Like I can only imagine what a lot of these people have gone through because I've never gone through anything like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was so fortunate and I'm still fortunate to have been blessed with a tremendous family. Um, and, and no one's perfect. We've all got our baggage and the little things we've gone through or the large things we've gone through. Um, but yeah, I mean, people that have gone through such tremendous pain and suffering, uh, for, for no reason that they've brought upon themselves, which is a lot of people. Uh, I think that's, they have a, they have a hill to climb. That's a lot harder than the one I had to climb. Um, you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just kind of taking it back around to the church. Um, if you have all these broken people and you have all these people who have experienced maybe one, church service that where, you know, the, the pastor or whoever really just scared them. And it was the furthest from what true Christianity and the gospel actually saying, why do we have church? Like, what's the practical reason for goodness in our community with the church? If it's so 99% of them are are bad. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not necessarily the one saying 99. I will say that. I'll put that on you. Okay. That's (laughs) exaggeration to make a point. It's a literary technique. Yeah. yeah. As long as we're all good with that. 90, whatever. There's, I would say there is still a majority, unfortunately there that are doing a lot more damage than good probably. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say the difficulty there is maybe they don't know either. Maybe they were, they were broken people who then saw an idea and they were like, maybe I can help people if I'm a pastor, but they didn't realize nobody really taught them how to be a pastor or nobody really taught them how to run a church. I think that's the big dilemma with the church is it's people and we're all faulty, whether we believe certain cool truths that are awesome and freeing or not, we're still just people and we still make horrendous mistakes sometimes that cause pain and suffering. Um, but practically, what is the role of the church? Practically, I think the role is to uh, intentionally engage with people who need help and who are asking for a solution for their life, for peace, for um, for hope specifically. There's a verse in Peter where he's like, look, be ready to give a defense for the hope that's within you. And 
our culture's kind of taken that and like gone be ready to make an offense tactically with street corner signs and da 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 da. But they've <laughs> again, that's just like not reading English correctly. That's not like a big philosophical thing. That's no. just he said, be ready to make a defense when they come to you and ask what the reason is for the hope that's within you. Have you ever like looked into the? I guess it kind of is semantics or like the the like when you read scripture in Hebrew versus English. Mm-hmm. It's a million times different. Yeah. And it's almost like if you like reading a scripture and trying to understand what Jesus actually said um, in English is like reading or looking at a massive, amazing, intricate portrait portrait in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Or crayon. Or crayon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hieroglyphics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> While in reality, what the true meaning behind what he, a lot of what Hebrew, like the, the, the language of Hebrew is like looking at a massive portrait in 5D. Yeah. <laughs> in Greek and Aramaic. Yeah. yeah like the languages it was written in were potentially a lot stronger languages than what we're working with today. I don't um, think it's not even potentially. I think it is. Yeah. Well, and I think... Again, it's that data set thing. It's like, depends on how you look at the data, but I agree with you. And um, I, I, it takes work. It takes work to get in there and, and fight through the semantics to get to the truth. And that's my point. It's like the ROI is what you invest. And so your your return in Christianity is your is based on how you seek out that gift that's offered um, in, in a sense. And so... Uh, there, it's all undeserved and, and the Lord Jesus, you know, would he offers, everybody can come to him for peace and, and truth and, and freedom. But uh, I think everybody's heard that, right? Everybody's heard exactly what you're saying. Yep. And it's literally falling on millions, if not billions of death ears. Yeah. Death, 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 D-E-F. Death ears. Well, and I'd <laughs> say, ears. I'd oh, say, dude, there's, too. there's also an enemy and that's also a factor is like, uh, if if the, you know, let's hypothetical for a second here, right? So. I love hypotheticals. Yeah. Let's get some crazy stuff. Let's go. <laughs> I'm cool with that. The hypothetically, we're all living on this planet, right? Hypothetically, the only true meaning of this planet is a war between good and evil, light and darkness. And there's a captain for light and a captain for darkness, right? And so all the life that you and I live, hypothetically, uh, only matters to the extent that it serves one of those two captains, one of those two leaders of the kingdom, right? And so hypothetically, what we do for a living and what we buy and what we save and what we, you know, the kids we have and the car we drive and all that, hypothetically, none of that really matters unless it's pushing the line further light or further dark for whichever captain. And the tactics that those two different captains use are vastly different because the fundamentals between those two uh, sides are vastly different. But there's also with the, with uh, that bad side, they mask themselves in some pretty cool light. Potentially. Well. Yeah. I don't think a lot of times. So yeah. Well, hypothetically, so, hypothetically, of yeah. course. Yeah. And uh, just, just freaking say what you want to say. <laughs> God. No, I'm in agreement <laughs> with no, you. No, just stop saying hypothetically. Just talk. I'm in agreement with you. <laughs> you can have opinions and it's okay to have opinions. Yeah. Well, my opinion <laughs> is that Satan's pretty crafty, right? And so I think there's a real Satan. And I think even when I'm playing Call of Duty, like sometimes Satan's involved, right? Because I want to <laughs> oh, say yeah. F off instead of like, oh, hey, I love you like I would at Walmart, right? Yeah. But, um, and why? Well, he's got tricks and he's he's sowed a lot of seed and he's getting a lot of ROI for evil because um, he's messed around on this planet for a long time. And I would say for thousands of years, right? And you might say, well, Jesus has to, and why not da 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 and why isn't the church doing better than the darkness and all that? Well, 
part of the deal here is that the earth is going to go away at one point. And this is why I say, I hope for the guy who thinks he has it all together, that he's right in the end. Um, the Bible actually says, if I'm wrong, I'm most to be pitied because I'm giving my life up for other people in my battle plan. Right. And then where's the that? Uh, Paul talked about it. Um, so in the, some of the 15 books he wrote, <laughs> it's going to be, I think Romans or Corinthians, yeah. <laughs> forgive me. Um, but, uh, but he's basically just saying, like, if, if what he believes about Jesus coming back from the dead and all of those things, the implications thereof aren't true, he's most to be pitied. And uh, it's, a, it's an applicable statement for Christians yeah. because he's saying we're living our lives for other people. We're living our lives in what should be. And this is where I think the church goes wrong a lot of the time. What should be an element of suffering in this world. Um doesn't mean we don't have moments and seasons of thriving and seasons of really feeling like we're killing it and doing well and, you know, have plenty or whatever, but we should also have seasons of having nothing and having a lot of suffering and having a intense pain. What do you uh, say to the people who can't get ahead one, no matter what they do? I would say join the club <laughs> <laughs> and let's do it together. Or may, or maybe it's just lack of perspective again. Cause exactly. what you're like, you know, you have a good job. Yep. You have a beautiful wife. You yep. know, you guys are doing some really cool things. Um, you might think that you're not doing well. or can't get ahead because you're not accomplishing the, the huge dreams that you have. Right, right. While somebody, you know, who's... Just wants food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Uh, and I, I'm fortunate and unfortunate at the same time to have friends in that category. Yeah. Uh, like one of the ones that shares that tattoo that we were talking about, mm -hmm. right? Like he, he's been such a humbling factor to me just to hear what he's gone through in his life um in afghanistan and and with his family and all these different f factors things i can't even fathom so mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it, i would say and again it's it's not a it's not a answer i'm qualified to give it's not well, qualifications is not what I'm, I'm looking for well no 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 i'm saying like i literally can't offer anything me and my perfect life compared to theirs can give them nothing but i would say jesus can I would say there's a tr there's a real miraculous opportunity for people to genuinely receive God in no matter the dark that they're in, no matter the scenario, and turn the light switch on and watch everything change. And it may take time, and it may not be on this earth even to an extent. Uh, but I do fundamentally believe at the end of the day when it's all written down and it's all, you know, when the earth is rolled away and all those things, they're going to have a hell of a mansion, so to speak, being ironic about it, uh, compared to mine. Right. So uh, you, you like, why Christianity though, for you, you know, you were raised as a pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. Many people would just look at your life and say, man, you just have a good because you were indoctrinated into some religion. Yeah. So why Christianity? Well, when I was older, right, I realized I didn't actually believe any of the things that I thought I believed yeah. as a kid. Yeah. And so whenever I was probably 16, 17, 18, 19, I realized, wait a second, all these Christians don't really look like the way I'm living. I was chasing girls and getting into trouble and do, doing different things and realized like, wait, I, I'm just playing this game for Christianity because my parents are my parents. And, I, I, you know, that's why. Um it, there was, in, again, it was like there were calculations made. Like it was simpler for my life to not just be in trouble all the time to go along with some of the things. But I didn't actually believe a lot of it and I didn't actually understand a lot of it. So it begged the question, what do I do with my time? Right. After high school, you start trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, who you're going to be, all that kind of stuff, career, you know, family, whatever those questions are. And for me, it became why. Like, why am I here? Why am I doing anything? Why am I working for any employer? Why am I trying to create a family? Like that just became my question was why and uh, why Christianity, like you're saying. And so, uh, 
The answer became because it's the only thing satisfying. Everything else, like I've been fortunate to do all kinds of awesome travel and things like that and have amazing experiences. Uh, and none of that mattered to me and I didn't want any more of them. Like I wasn't like waiting for my next trip where I could go hike this amazing view or like do this incredible thing or skydive again or whatever. Uh, right. I had these experiences and it was like, ah, whatever. How can I change people's lives? Like that's what matters. That's what matters to me was like you were saying, those people that have nothing. Why do I have some stuff and they have nothing? That was a question I had. Right. And for me, the only actual solution to that is Christianity. The only actual, uh, help for people who have nothing is for me to partner with who I believe has everything. But a lot of people, many will use that same thing for Islam or Catholicism or anything like that. And it's satisfying to them. They're happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it honestly, it teaches a lot of the same tenets that Christianity does. It can. A lot of the, lo- the same lifestyle techniques, I think, can be similar. Um, I think you got to go to the root and you got to pull that data set. And then at the end of the day, you got to make a decision for yourself. Um, I can't answer that for anybody. So can, for you, why was something else not more important than Christianity? Because uh, from my vantage point, based on my circumstances in life and, and where I was fortunate to be, uh, what I would consider fortunate, uh, I could see holes in, all, in both, specifically the two you mentioned, Islam and, and Catholicism. Um, I, I had visibility into both of those to see the holes that were all through it in a way from my perspective, right? from where I had grown up and from what I had seen. And, and I'm talking about being great friends with somebody who came out of Islam, like multiple people mm-hmm. and seeing their family yeah. and seeing the fruit in their family and yeah. seeing what that produced in their mind and seeing what that produced in their, uh, finances and what, in their culture and their history as a people. Um, and it, it, it's not saying they're all bad. Like if you believe this, you're bad. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but for me, there was no satisfaction there and it wasn't something I could logic my mind into thinking. I couldn't pull that data and go, okay, compared to this other stuff. Yeah. I just should choose Islam or yeah, I should just choose Catholicism. And <laughs> granted, those aren't the same. I know. I know. Well, but I mean, gr- to, to the ultimate extent, they're about the same. Yeah. And I'm willing to say that. Yeah. Uh, I think the Catholic church is one of the most deceitful organizations on the planet mm-hmm. in regards to who Jesus Christ really is. Um, and, it's unfortunate because I don't think it was always that way, uh, but I think it quickly became that when it rose to power yeah. early on in the dark ages. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think For it the, stayed uh, that way ever since. Yeah. The crusades, man. That was <sighs> Right. Right. Well, and All even it, since then, like, I mean, Mark Ruffalo just did an incredible movie on some of the huge shortcomings of the Catholic church in, uh, um, Netflix. Yep. Well, no, I think it's on Amazon prime, but it's called, I don't remember. We'll have to Google it, put it in the show notes. Mark Ruffalo. But, uh, hmm. but yeah, it's... Um, Google it right now. I'm curious. I'll, just more, I'll cut this out later. It's about the Catholic priest debacle. Um, but again, the difficulty is those are people, right? And so not all Catholic priests are evil guys. Yeah. And not all Muslims are evil guys and or women, right? I know great ones on all sides of that line. Some of my good friends are Muslim. Some of my good friends are Catholic. Uh, but for me, from my vantage point, neither of those options for lifestyle and for the question I was asking, which was why... Neither of those paths answered that for me. And, uh, what was the separating factor for you? Uh, satisfaction, like to be able to help. I didn't see any real help. Like, and I'm talking about help from death, not just help. Cause again, that was one of the parts of my story that, um, turned that question on 
was death, being exposed to death, being yeah, exposed that, to the pain that of first, death. And then, I'll, then we can continue. I'm, going, I'm curious now before I jump too far. It's not dark. Spotlight. Spotlight? Yep. It's about the uh, news organization. On Prime? It is on Netflix now, I believe. Oh, nice. Now I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah, Spotlight. It's a good one. He did two kind of like that. The other one was uh, Dark Water, so that was about... M3 and, or 3M and uh, Teflon and yeah, 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 yeah killing dude. us all slowly. That was great Teflon. Still, still killing us. Yeah, to this day. Uh, thanks, to, thanks 3M and a bunch <laughs> of other companies. Yeah. The one, so 3M is also the, the company that just got that huge government contract for the masks. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah, they have so many. Yeah, it's <laughs> friends in high places. Oh, but, um, so uh, this is a loaded question. Go for I, it. This has, I'm not afraid. I know you're not, but I'm curious on your thoughts. Um, and I've heard this argument quite a few times within the concept of religion. If Jesus is the walking humanistic form of love, right? He said, God said, John says, God is love. I am love, all this stuff. Um, and that's what we're called to do. That's his main tenet, right? Yeah. I think it's Matthew or John, probably John again. He says, um, he goes, I fulfill the law. So all these 10 commandments, you know, you really don't need to worry about that to get to heaven or whatever. Um, I fulfilled that. So you don't really have to. Now I command you to just love. I forgot John. Yeah. If, Jesus is the walking form of love and Islam also teaches love and a lot of religions teach love. And if love is a symptom of Jesus, like you're saying kind of earlier, can you still believe in Jesus through a different religion because of his symptoms? I would just say, I mean, you can come to find Jesus through probably an infinite amount of, of roads or, or vehicles uh, but once you find him, the real Jesus and, and genuinely go, okay, wow, you're God, you're Lord. I want to know you. I don't care about man's tenets of X, Y, Z religion, right? Whether it's Baptist or Buddha, right? Yeah. No matter what the little statutes are on the website, doesn't matter. When you know the real Jesus, uh, you'll begin to change for him, uh, because he changes you rather than be concerned more with the doctrines of your organization or whatever. So you'll leave behind. And he said that he said, you'll have to leave your mind like to the extent to believe in me, the extent that will change you, the extent that you have to, to be free. You're willing to disagree. You're willing to hate. You're willing to leave even your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister. Right. So like put those above whatever tenets of faith you're trying to believe in through Islam or Catholicism or, but it's very easy to take from that scripture, uh, that, that Jesus is actually teaching hate that you do have to like hate your mother, brother, father, sister. If you just read the sentence as it is and say, yeah, that's everything. Sure. But again, it's like, if you just get in a car and press the gas pedal, you're, it's real easy to just die, but we don't, we teach how to use it. And that's part of the problem of the church. Mm. We don't teach, what the scripture says in completion because it's long. It takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a life answer. It's not, Hey, I have a quick question on Sunday, but that's what we've turned it into. And, but also <laughs> when you have pastors who are, um, that, you know, they spent, so, so you have to get an undergrad to be able to become a, so let's talk about the education of pastors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So bachelor's degree, and then you go to seminary fat for masters and then you go and get, you can get your, uh, PhD and whatever the case might be, it's almost like it's becoming a doctor. If you, if you want it to be, yeah, yeah. or yeah, very easy, or continue, or 
the way that they did it from when Jesus did it with the apostles and the apostles uh, was actually just from laying on of hands and praying for some guys and being like, yep, now you're an elder in this community. Okay, but... And that's the scripturally valid way. Okay, but... Culturally, today, today, culturally in our world, in in many cultures and yeah, societies, to, you you be, you go to a school for a very long time to be able to teacher to be a teacher. Yeah, because there is so much to depict. So you talked about earlier how, um, it, it, you know, reading that one verse without, without context is dangerous. Dangerous, just like driving a car without context. But then you have these pastors who are extremely knowledgeable about the scripture, who have been and spent 20, 30, 40 years studying scripture and still get it off. Yeah, so. So if you put the car in reverse instead of drive, even if you know how to drive a car really well, but if you think R means D and D means R, you're still going to kill people. Maybe yourself. Or maybe you should look behind you. Well, right. But my my point is you can think you you could know all of the tenets of driving a vehicle correctly, but if you get your R and your D switched, you really got some trouble still. So fundamentally you could be wrong. Right. And so that's my point with the scripture as well. And no matter how much you look at it, if you don't understand it correctly, Unfortunately, it would do nothing for you. But there are also people in scripture who were chosen to mm-hmm. be leaders and still got it wrong yeah, like without Judas. having Yeah, well, yeah and exactly. Jesus trained Judas. So tell me that tell me, why does that why is that Judas story a picture of today? I would just say it goes back to like at the very beginning we were talking about the circle of influence and like buying dinner for each other mm-hmm. when when our eyes are set on just me and you right when yeah. my context for life is just the size and scope of here's what I can see and understand and uh, put my hands around <clears throat> this is all that matters well then we're by nature hindering ourselves from a bigger picture and I think that's what with Judas for instance we go, okay, well, Jesus couldn't keep Judas from betraying him. So he obviously wasn't a good enough teacher or whatever we say. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, or just look at the bigger picture. Like thousands of years was already underway and there was already a lot of prophecy to be fulfilled. There was a lot of, a lot of things that already needed to take place by Judas becoming who he was going to become. And, uh, and in the church, like you're saying, how is that a picture of today? There's a lot of things today that are in motion that have been in motion from the beginning. And, it, it's not as simple as one plus one or buying dinner for one person. And, you know, it's like, there's a lot of scope. There's a lot of context for every decision. And um, man, I feel like Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, it seems like Christianity. So this last Sunday I got a picture. It was, it was interesting. It was, a, it was a thought, uh, we'll call it a thought picture for now. Um, and it was of like a tree. Like you have a massive oak tree. It could be even the red, the redwoods in California. That's kind of what I, what I thought of. <sighs> imagine that's truth. And what you're saying is Jesus is true. So imagine that's just Jesus, right? That's God, the father, God, the Holy spirit He's the main root of the tree. Um, huge and, and has, extends so far. And then it goes underground and you have huge roots that are holding it. And then you go deeper and it has um, smaller roots and smaller stories. I mean, those type of trees can go, hundreds if not thousands of feet of roots I, it seems like so many churches you know as we're human like and imagine we're kind of at the bottom um looking up you know trying to get to those roots of of what is truth and what is the meaning of life and it seems like so many churches have stayed within those small roots and they haven't like they're they're only teaching about the small roots and, and have completely forgotten where the root is and that's what I see. And I, I'm, I'm curious, like why that is, why it's, why is it so easy to forget about the tree and get lost in the thousands of roots 
that it was stemmed from. I think you get what you pay for. And I'll expound on that. So I think you do what works for a certain time until it doesn't work anymore because we're earthly and limited. And I think what's happened is the culture of church that exists today in our culture has done a certain amount of good or bad or whatever. And, and it's produced a certain amount of fruit, positive or negative, right? And uh, at some point, maintenance is required or fixing things is required or breaking down. And to use a different example, going back to like construction, right? Your house, you build it with what you know at the beginning. And then some point, based on the quality of what you originally built it with or how the quality was you originally built it with mm-hmm. or the maintenance you upkept it with, things need repair. And you might go 20 years before you need any major repairs. You might go five. You might go 50, depending on the quality. But you'll need repair and you'll need maintenance and the cracks will show. But there's and so many so, churches that will still maintenance, but they're maintenancing the wrong route. Exactly. And so you get what you pay for, meaning it'll cr- it'll crumble, right? Those churches, they'll eventually shut down. They'll eventually not be a church. It's not just in perpetuity. Well, I disagree with that because you have huge churches that are doing amazing one of them, one of them being old smiles in Houston. Forgot his name. Houston. He's a Joel, not Joel. Houston. Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Joel Osteen. I would say there's, it's not over. Like his house, just because he chose to build a house and it was a big one and whatever. And you know, use some material spiritually. We're jumping analogies, but like the, the paint and the caulk and all that, like the, the fixtures, like they're showing some wear, right? Like culturally, there's a lot of pushback to that structure he built and, and, and not just him, there's a lot of people involved, but I mean that with every church, like just because something looks a certain way, doesn't mean it is. And just be, you know, for instance, culturally, unless you're at that church, you probably don't like that church. <laughs> mm. Right. Um, so there's sure tens of thousands of people go there. Right. But there's billions of people who don't. Mm. And, and so I think that, again, we've kind of fallen for a little bit of a cultural trap with certain things like that. And I did it myself for a long time where we do this like he said, she said, or them versus us or whatever, uh, when it's really way more about what we do at Walmart than it is about worrying about what other people do in their cities. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah, I, I completely and agree. So, I'm but just, s- not judging you. I'm just yeah, saying that. No, I, I totally get that. I think the answer is that Alstein's church will crumble. I was, bringing, I was not, bringing that up in more of like a... You, you mentioned earlier that you get what you pay for. Right. And I think eventually it will. If oh, it's, so you're removing if the concept not, of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I'm saying like, give it time, give it whatever. And it, it eventually will break yeah. down Cause uh, if, if it's not from God. Now, granted, he has opportunities too. And I'm not saying he, what he's doing is wrong or bad or whatever. Right. I th- there's plenty of that he does that I disagree with, but I'm sure he's not as terrible as everybody makes him out to be because that's media. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think, I would do it different. I know I would, and I know I am, hence my life is mine. And that's what I have authority over. Um, but I, but I think he has the opportunity to change just like everybody else does. Yeah. You know, so if he changes, maybe he yeah, gets. I'm, I'm definitely not talking about him as a person. I just know that there are some crazy things that he the says. Structure, yeah. Yeah. The structure of it, the church in itself. It, I, I'm using that church as an example for yeah. that repair you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Get, I hear you, you get what you paid for. I, yeah. don't, I don't really necessarily know about that. I think things um, just like death, people die no matter what you do. You could be an amazing paramedic or nurse or doctor. They're still going to die. Right. Because there's a flow that Bigger people scope. don't understand. Bigger scope. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, a lot same more thing going with on. church. You know, you can have. All you could be, you could have a church that is completely not teaching what is actually true about the God that we know, yeah, and still do amazing things. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. That's, that's, that was kind of my rebuttal to what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I like that, but I also like that perspective. I get what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's weird, man. Yeah. Which is weird. And I think we're all like you and I, and at least for a long time, uh, a lot of our friends are, are stuck in this weird spot with church. Yeah. And, man, we're all, we really don't know a lot many times what to do. Like we all want to have a church. We want to know that there's some sort of higher power that Jesus is the way and uh, have that, that amazingness of community. But it's like, we can't at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's definitely an uphill battle. It seems. Yeah. But, and I think again, that goes back to the two captains and I think it goes back to how much time has been invested uh, on earth already and what those, what those implications are. I mean, but look at me, like, you know, I'm, I'm, you and I are very similar in a lot of ways, both pastor's kids and both group in church and we're both worship leaders and, um, all this. And that's like, I, I've said this before, like the church that I w- was at is great. I still love that church. It just wasn't for me at that time. Right, I right, can't right. find, it seems like another one at this point. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are in my same situation. Yeah. Uh, and I know you're plugged into that, that other uh, church was great. Um, but we're still, I'm still, we're still stuck where you yeah, have these. I, no, I agree with you. Like, uh, yeah, church like, is not do? at all where I want it to be. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think a, a key component of like getting to the next step is perseverance. Um, and it's, it, that's in scripture also. But I think one of the things that we have to realize is that this journey, we might not have built what's existing today, but it's going to be ours to rebuild. It's going to be ours to maintain and to fix and to change. Like you and me type thing? Yeah, whoever's standing yeah. currently today, right? Like whoever perseveres gets what's left. And I think that's, uh, we have to keep that in mind as well. As we distance ourselves from the current church environment, we have to realize that if we want a church environment in the future, it's going to be ours to build. Um, so I want to talk about that too, because you know, if if Jesus is the God, if, if so coming from... Yeah, a different yeah, perspective. Yeah. If Jesus, devil's advocate, literally. If Jesus is the. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That that was really good. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, strong work on that one. <laughs> if Jesus is the, if you believe that Jesus is God, um, and that He's the Savior and all that stuff, why did He create the church? You ready for this? Let's go. Because there's a one sentence answer for that out oh, of Ephesians. Man. Here we go. Let's go. So that His manifold wisdom will be made known to the other captain. And his followers. I'm summarizing. Captains or captives? Captain. I was summarizing using our analogy, but it, it says two principalities and rulers in heavenly places. Mm. Basically that God's wisdom would be made known to the devil. And and my belief on that, I've actually preached on that one time, is the church exists. And when I say church, I mean even just people. Um, but to be the expression that God is better than Satan. Because all this started... Uh, the evil thing on earth, all that started in my viewpoint of life framework because Satan came down and said, he, he had an argument with God up in heaven and Old Testament talks about this and was cast down because he stood up to God and said, I'm better than you, right? I'm, I could do this better. I can run things better. I'm God, you're not God. And so God cast him down to earth and Satan basically, gave, he was given dominion over earth. It says he was the, He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the spirit that rules over here, over the earth, right? And uh, in a in a subversive or in a submissive way to God, he he's kind of like given, been given a little test garden to to operate in, right? Um, after men fail, mm-hmm. and uh, all that to be said, God. Hang on one second. Pausing. Up. 
pausing. Cut this out. <laughs> you better cut that out now. I'm trusting you. Nah, bro. I never cut anything. I always say I do, but I never do. <laughs> I know. I've noticed. I've noticed. <laughs> Pay attention, everybody who's potentially going to be on his podcast. <laughs> do at your own risk. Hypothetically. <laughs> he will hypothetically edit the podcast. So are we still live? Or did you pause it? No, I'm still recording. I wasn't working, but I have to cut out something. When you hypothetically have to cut I, out something. Well, I, I did this one time Devil's where I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's going to be a new thing, isn't it? No, not after today. Sport mode. Yeah, um, sport mode. <laughs> there's going to be... Well, I did a podcast and my battery uh, was plugged in, but it somehow got just barely pulled out and it died, in the died and I lost everything. So I was like, oh no. That's not fun. But continue the analogy. Uh, you're gonna have to remind me. Uh, right Satan. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So the church, right? So manifold wisdom. So God's using what, what is manifold wisdom? Uh, many sided, manifold, okay. many sided, basically, and that's a paraphrase. But uh, so God's wisdom from multiple angles is utilizing the church as His weapon against, or to prove His weapon to prove that He's better than Satan. But wouldn't it be easier just to like keep, we were also taught that the Holy Spirit came to us. I'm not God. I don't know why. I'm just, these are things that, that are questions, you know? No, no, no. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying like, that's one of the things I think our culture has a difficulty is we, we make ourselves we're so arrogant. I'll put it that oh, way, yeah. including myself. For sure. And this for has sure. been one of the greatest freedoms of my life in the past 10 years specifically is to release the arrogance and pride of that I need to be the one to know or mm. that I'm in charge of knowing, even of my own thought. And this is something too. Who, who are we to put God on trial? Like I, I love statement. This is a side note from what we're talking about. Oh, I love like, side notes. They're great. Hypothetically, we say God. Stop. I'm <laughs> we say if God was like this, then I could never believe in that God. That statement, I'm just talking data here. I'm not talking Christianity or anything else. Just logic. Just like the logic behind making God on trial to our thought, right? So saying, I I believe this. And so, you know, hypothetically, there's this all powerful If you say God. hypothetical no, 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 one I'm, more time. This is the real usage of the word <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> Right. There's a God. I'm saying from the perspective of anybody who doesn't believe, right? Hypothetically, if there was this God that we were putting on trial saying, if he's like this, I won't believe in him. If we're actually talking about the one who created us to a to a particle level, who created all of the universe and the laws of physics that govern it and all that, and he, and he created it all by a, by a word, and we're going, well, if you're that way, I won't believe in you. That doesn't change who he is at all. It just means we're dumb. Because if he's this way. If, if, if he's what way? If God, in any if-then statement we put okay, him on, okay. right? If God exists in the way that the Bible describes him as. If he killed millions of people. Bingo, and, whatever it is, right? He didn't necessarily. That's, a, that's, hypothetically. One of those, that's one of those arguments that people run with, man. Exactly. But even that, even that, how many of us have created a person? Right. And so that's where I go logically to the data. I say, in my mind, I still have nothing to answer to him about. Like, if he chose to do that and he says to live a certain way, I'm still obligated by logic to respond to him in a submissive way, unless I want to get vaporized, right? Or whatever. Unless I want to be one of those dead ones. 
Um, <laughs> That's a terrible. That was a terrible end of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying. Logic is silly. God is a god of love, but he also kills people. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> more scope than just I, that sentence, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I'm willing to say that. Okay, but he he's not he's not saying okay, I'm going to kill you. He right didn't now. bring death. He brought freedom, and he he the offers choice. freedom. Yeah. But we well, can die, and he can allow it because we reject the gift he's tried to offer us. And again, let's. That's let's, my belief. Okay, I I get what you're saying, but let's let's bring. We this just down jumped a little out more. of a lot of stuff into I, that. I don't even care, but let's talk. I'm so in. death again out of time. We're talking about death out of time. Death of sucks. Time. Yeah, for the record. But you're saying that um, our rejection of him makes us die. Is what you're saying? But that's a great way to say it. Okay, but. We he also is gotta, life. Therefore, if we want life, but we have to we gain perspective him. because you're saying a lot of uh, things that we both know. Where we, I know where you're coming from. You know no, where no, I'm no, coming I'm from. Yeah, yeah. But let's let's break this down a little further so we all understand. This. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we crossed a big chasm there with the joke and the positive. Yeah, and all it's that. fine, so, but this, yeah. some, some, so there's actually some science behind jumping around like that. I'm cool with it. It's I'm totally it's cool really with cool. It. Um, I, I won't get into that, but you just said, and what turns people off from the entire idea of Christianity and Jesus mm-hmm. and God is that. God kills people based on them not submitting to them. Now, in our language, in typical English, yep. it's like okay, Lack of context. If I if I don't, uh, I'm done. Say if, he, Jesus, if that's how God is, I don't believe in him. Yeah, and then I'm going to die. That's not how he does things, right? Um, we're t- when I when we talk about death and life, we're talking about for eternity. You know, whenever we are given the choice to love, and we understand where that love came from, and we forget, and we kind of like I said this in the last podcast with Michael. You know, we have to kind of uh, die to ourselves. We have to forget and forsake and completely get rid of our concept of what we know about love. Once we can d- get rid of that concept of what we know about love, we can start, if we believe in Jesus, uh, we can see with his eyes. And that's what it means that exactly. in those verse you talked about earlier exactly. to hate your mother, brother, brother, father, sister. Right. What he's saying is to forget about the human love that you were born with. Yes. Our, our version of understanding. Yes. We reject a human version of understanding and he offers us a God version of understanding that he then begins to build into our own human mind of his own free gift. But he's not, but he's not killing us, like removing us from the earth. If we submit him. Right, right, right. It's it's not like that. That's, and I think that's where a lot of people can get off and completely not understand what we're trying to say about death and life. Right. And you're right. It's It's massively. So it, there's so much data associated with those statements. Yeah. yeah, And so I'm trying to just, okay, many people stop there and like, okay, this is not a Christian religion I want to jump into. Right. This is, this is a joke. And so soften it and just to lay the, the, the ground straight, I would say God hates the fact that evil has caused suffering for his people and for children who he wants to come to love him and know love in their heart, right? Like I would say God's heart, it, I, I shorten it this way. <clears throat> There's a guy, the testimony of a guy, a true story, was getting tortured uh, in Europe probably 70 years ago, I think it was. I could be wrong on the date, maybe even 100 years ago. He was getting tortured. His jailers were torturing him every day for months, if not years. I don't I don't remember all of the above. Uh, he was getting tortured like crazy. He, he was so full of Jesus and the love of Jesus that he just loved them even while they were torturing him. He was asking them about their life. He was asking them about how their family was. He was enduring the pain of the torture and in the midst of it, offering to connect to them purely because of he, his love for them, because he knew Jesus loved him this way, right? Uh 
however much time goes by, months or years or whatever, of them torturing him. I've heard various tellings of this testimony, but it is true. And they finally come to him and say, you're God. What's he like for this love that you keep telling us about that he offers? Because we've never tortured someone like you. You keep talking about love. You're enduring this torture, yet you love us. What's your God like? And he said, well, he's like me. Hmm. He endured the garbage that he didn't deserve to get a message across that there's a better way. That's what that guy did to those jailers. That's what Jesus has done for us. He didn't have to come here. He didn't cause the problem on earth. Satan did and we did. And yet, he's chosen to come become the solution, to be the solution for us, to endure a whole life full of suffering and hardship and wrongdoing. And we may look back on his historical life and say, well, as a man, it didn't sound like he had it that hard or whatever. And yeah, he got tortured on the cross, but whatever. Right. We can try to data it all the way. But to fundamentally believe what we do is to believe that Jesus came, even though he didn't have to, it'd be like you sending Ronan to Afghanistan, your son Ronan, because Oh, I didn't realize he was my son. Oh, sorry. Yes, for other people who don't know. <laughs> Caleb sending his little son <laughs> on purpose for Osama bin Laden to be set free from prison for the war crimes he's committed. He was going to get killed, and he deserved to be killed, Osama, for the war crimes he committed, or whoever, right? Like, there's even controversy on that now because everything has controversy. <laughs> but yeah, let's just say yeah, someone yeah. we all agree is evil. <laughs> Maybe Hitler's there. I don't know anymore because our culture is so know, stupid. I know. And I will say that in the record, and I'm a Spain. part of it. Spain. Wow. Venezuela. But <laughs> whoever we agree is evil. Argentina. But whatever. Because God loved us so much, he was willing to send his son who didn't deserve to die for us who deserved to die based on the world, not based on my individual upbringing Mm, or whatever, based on the world's evil. And he entered the world's evil and he took the world's evil on himself because he's so powerful he could crush the evil of the world. And that's why I love it. And God is... (laughs) The opposite of a badass, he's a good ass. <laughs> because he took death and he killed death itself. That's mm-hmm. what the Bible says. He he took the suffering and the culmination of evil and anything ever bad that's happened yeah. and he punished it. And that's what he did when he died on the cross. It says that he went and he took the keys to death in the grave and then he ascended, right? And that's the hope that I have within me is that there's a God who loves me so much and loves everyone so much that whatever death they're enduring right now, whatever suffering they're enduring right now, like you were saying, those people who are going through so much, he is offering the keys to that death that they can then wield the keys to that death in their own life and have power over that suffering in their own life and in, in the moment. And what Satan's trying to do for more death, he then enables those people, even in the very moment of suffering, to have the power over it to put to open shame, to make a mockery of what Satan's trying to do in their life. And, I, and then this, at the end of the day, when everything's said and done and we're all actually dead from the earth once, then there will be rewards in heaven that I believe are huge and great and better than just what the Islamic people would say, 70 virgins. I say like, okay, cool. I got one 
great wife and that's all I need. <laughs> if you really know how to do it, that's all you need. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> let's go. So I'm just saying there's a way that seems right to a man and then there's the right way. <laughs> <laughs> but see, so uh, this, the what started this, like this tangent or this, yeah. uh, this route here was um, the way you said something about death and God. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'm trying to highlight that on how we communicate as people who believe in Jesus. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Because I know what you're saying. You know what you're saying. But what you just said sounded crazy. It sounded like that. If if I heard that without context or perspective, I thought you're crazy. I thought you're in a cult. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that. that's where a lot of people stop. But I would also say <clears throat> that's a great point. That is a great point. I would I would contextually. Anybody wanted to ask me about it, I would try to build context to where they were asking from. Yeah. And so I'm trying so to highlight that now. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, even yeah. in this podcast, yeah. you know, they're not, there's a lot of communication that you and I have, even without talking the, good point. those yeah. types of vibes, the, the community, the eye contact, things like that. Yeah, the work we've put in on communication yeah. for years. Yeah. I get that. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. But as somebody who would like may, maybe not even agree with anything that, that there is no God, there is no Jesus. If you came off the street and told me that, I'm like, you're insane. Yeah. And so I, and I don't necessarily, necessarily think that was always the case. I think, you know, every couple generations, verbiages almost have to be changed to communicate the same ideal. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think language evolves. Yeah. And so, man, I gotta, I gotta get a drink soon. Um, (laughs) I said, that pee? It's just water. Oh. Yeah. It's not yellow either. (laughs) In the, in the candlelight, it looked like pee. I'm not that hydrated. (laughs) Might be by the end of this. Um, you said that if you don't believe in God, you're going to die. But we got to look at what death and life actually is to understand that concept. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a famous teacher. You know what I'm talking about. Um, he held up a rope, right? And he it was a white. It was probably 300 feet long while he was teaching. And he sprayed printed the end. And he said, we're so focused on this one foot this is our life. Like this is, this is what everybody's, everybody's focusing on that our life here on earth is, but yep. our life, including death is the 300 feet. Yep. And so we're so focused on those, that one foot that we don't forget that, that we forget about what's our entire life. So con contextually death and life is the rope. Yeah. And is not our today. Right. Our earth today. What we see in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it goes, it's, it's a similar thread woven into what we were saying with just buying dinner for each other. And then I said, but take a look at like, look bigger context. It's not just about you owing me for dinner or me owing you for dinner. It's about what now between the two of us, we can do with those resources completely. Right. We need to even approach life that way. Like my life is not only my life. Life here on earth or yeah. Yeah. yeah, Entire life. Yes. Life on earth. Okay. Right. Uh, Because most people can agree that there's something there but that's kind of where it stops. That there's yeah, some higher knows. power. Right. That that there is some sort of thing there, but we, that's kind of where it stops for a lot of people. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So. And I think that's the whole know a tree by its fruit kind of scenario. Like where I believe in Jesus because Jesus gives me peace, hope, satisfaction, like and other things don't. Like, and that's why I, you asked earlier, why did I end up going this route with Christianity, even though I had grown up in it or whatever, and then went my own way kind of thing. Why this? Well, in the same sense, 
everyone has to come to a point where they evaluate why they believe what they believe, regardless of if it's Christianity or not. Like, why are you living the life you're living? Why are you working for for the company you're working for? And why are you planning retirement at the age you're planning it? And why does it look the way you're making it look? Why did you name your kids what you named them? Why do you like the car you like? You know, why is your favorite color what it is? We have all these questions and we have all these like things and they're all in, interactive and they are, they all are influenced by circumstance and influenced by all these different things. But we rarely seek the answers. We rarely like dig down and go, okay, yeah, for real, why? Like on any of those things, right? And that's for me what led me to then go, okay, it's about the Lord. It's about Jesus. He's the answer to the wise. And and so in all that, saying all that is just for anyone, no matter where they're at, Jesus isn't just information. He's a person. And that's the really unique and awesome thing about Christianity is he is not the Buddha. He is not a prophet merely. He's not a, a informational teacher. He is also and fundamentally and paramountly and most importantly, God. Mm. He is the reason that all things exist. Everything that exists exists because of him and for him and to him. And so why why would somebody who's has no idea what you're talking about listen to what you just said? Probably they wouldn't if if they didn't know me. And mm. so the hope is that I live my life in such a way that is attractive for them to want to know why I believe what I believe. But there are a lot of people in the Christian uh, in Christianity that use that as the sole means of their access to God. Like they, they try and make their life so attractive, um, trying to make them a mirror image of the perfect person that they've yeah, completely yeah. lost the idea of what is actually true. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I don't think that I have it better than the next guy. Number one, just to be stated, like I think I'm just, time. A, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm just a dude. Right. Uh, but I will say we get what we pay for. So what I view as making my life attractive for people to see produces a certain influence that, or a certain genuine uh, aura or whatever. You mentioned that in the grocery mm. store, right? Like that I carry, that people just know like, okay, yeah, he actually wants to know me, right? And I can become best friends with people in but, five minutes. But some people make that the first step. And then the idea of Jesus as a second step. Yep. And I would say one follows the other. And so you, you get the results that you get from whatever the source is. And so if, again, if it works, do it, do what works. <laughs> like that's, if, if what you're doing is actually changing lives for the better, go for it. Even if it's Islam? If it's working, I would say, yes, the problem is, I believe I have plenty of examples in my own friendships where it didn't work and it caused more damage. And so mm. for me, and because I only say if it's working, yes, because I'm not the judge, but I do believe there is a judge and his name's Jesus, not Muhammad. And I don't think, I think you have a lot of price to pay if you're wrong. Um, just as I do, I'm most to be pitied if I'm wrong. So, but I, it's, again, I can't argue with them about their beliefs. I can, I can purely say Jesus is Lord and that I'll live for him and it produces peace and love and joy and happiness. And for Muslims, if it's doing that for them, keep going until it doesn't. That's what I would say. 
Like, if you feel totally satisfied, be satisfied. Don't create anger in your heart towards me, like, because <laughs> I disagree with you. Uh, but when you don't have peace in your heart, or then come to me, and I'll be willing to say, hey, I got, I got this other solution. His name's Jesus. He's the real one. Um, it doesn't matter that you didn't believe in him before. So, yeah, so, so you, we've talked a whole lot about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, past stuff, issues with the church, um, frustrations with the church. Uh, you've also got some ideas moving forward with the church. Yeah. How would, if, if you were, okay, maybe not create a church, but. Um, if the mantle I'll, came to me. Yeah. How would you do it? How would you do church? Uh, person to person. Relationally prioritized. So like right now, there's a lot of priority on the bills being paid. Uh, so one of the ways you can solve that is have less bills to pay. Um, Right now, there's a lot of priority on uh, not carrying a certain amount of liability because anybody can walk into a church and cause a lot of havoc. There's ways to... Break that down more. Well, um, it's a dangerous thing for some people in our culture to have a church or I would say like to have a church in certain areas because uh, they may they may not agree... Like our culture, for instance, you can get sued for all kinds of stuff, right? Um, you can, <laughs> that was like the first thing we learned in uh, EMT school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah don't. Which is so crazy yeah. that they teach you in the school where oh, you're yeah. learning to save lives. Yeah. They, they pretty much said uh, if you walk up on a scene and you're like a licensed professional and say that you're licensed professional, like, don't leave. Because until you pass that off, they could sue your butt. And like there's something so it's really interesting uh, talking about liability. Uh, if I walked up onto a fiery car and the person died or I, I was trying to take them out and they broke their neck, um, I could get sued for that. Mm-hmm. But I could not. Because of the Good Samaritan law. Yep. The Good Samaritan, because you're not a licensed quote unquote professional um, in emergency medicine. Uh, if you went there and broke their neck while pulling them out of a car. Trying to help. You're good. If I did it intentionally, <laughs> <laughs> then there would be a problem. <laughs> yes, sir. I caused this wreck. I wanted to kill you and I'm going to snap your neck. Yeah. <laughs> What you choose to do in a facility, let's say a church, like nowadays, I'm going to use context for now, right? So a church nowadays is a building or a property, right? Where people meet and gather. They have certain meetings, you know, a couple times a week or whatever that they do. And there's a staff and it's a mm-hmm. nonprofit organization typically. Um, it's, a, it's a production. Yeah. I mean, but like it's, it's, it's managing assets. So yeah. it's whatever structure and team you need to legally manage assets for a group of people in yeah. our culture, right? Yeah. And there's laws around that and there's... Um, there are ways that it's done that are in accordance with the government. They're in accordance with the culture. Uh, and I would say you don't need a lot of those things depending on what you're willing to risk. And like, like for instance, you go back to Acts. People were having the same kinds of disagreements they're having the now. The book of Acts. Yeah, the book of Acts, okay. sorry. The book of Acts and the Bible. <laughs> you go back to the book of Acts and in the Bible and people are getting like stoned for certain disagreements, for instance. <laughs> Uh, you don't have that in a church parking lot today. <laughs> Doesn't happen in America. Not in a Christian church. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and not in maybe in Christian some, churches some in cults. parts of the world, but uh. I will say, generally speaking, in this area, <laughs> uh, in the South, you're, you're not having stonings based on yeah. if people believe in certain things or not. Yeah. Um, back then, that was a common-ish occurrence in culture. Um, we have 
I think that's a good thing overall, by the way. Stoning. Right? No, that we're not. <laughs> <laughs> that, we're, that, we're, that we're no longer, that we've progressed. Okay. Okay. And I think that's a fruit of thousands of years <laughs> of work being done from people realizing life has value. Uh, back in the day, life had a lot less value. And mm. in certain cultures, life has less value. Life on earth, temporary life here in a physical body that we carry around has less value in certain places than it does here uh, in what we'd consider modern culture. And I think that that is actually fruit of Christianity. I would say that. And I'm not going to make that argument right here on the podcast, but I will say I do think that it is fruit of that. Um, so are the laws of physics, by the way. <laughs> okay. Isaac's Newton. Isaac we digress. Newton's, but uh, uh, Liability. So you're talking about liability, how there's yeah, yeah. a lot there. There's a lot there. And so, so if you don't have as much, you, you could be uh, easier off. You don't carry as much liability. You have more room to risk more. Uh, and what would you risk? Truth. What um, does that mean? A lot of things. But I would say risking teaching certain things, risking uh, calling people out for believing things. So like, for instance, if I, you know, let's use me, me and you as an example, because we're close friends, right? And you have a lot of visibility into my life. You know what I believe to, to a great extent. No one knows what it, each other believes all the way down, right? Like there's a point where we reach intimacy, intimacy with God and our thoughts that mm-hmm. no one knows, even my wife or whatever, right? But let's say you have a vast majority of exposure into what I believe. <clears throat> if I started then uh, living in a way that was completely counter to what I believed, I would expect and hope that you as my friend and my brother would then say, hey, uh, you're not living based on these things that you believe uh, and that we both believe or whatever, right? To whatever extent, I would, I would, I've given you that um, place in my life where I would want you to step in and ask me those things. Uh, because we've built a level of closeness, you have that. And I think you feel confidence to do that in a certain extent. To, for example, if I left my wife, started wreaking havoc in other people's families uh, with my own selfishness or whatever, hurt my wife, didn't care about my wife, didn't care about other people that I was hurting, I would expect in love you would come to me and say, look, bro, yeah, you're I, being an ass. Well, I, I might just put an insulin in your nutsack to make sure that you're dead and nobody knows. That happened too. And I, yeah. because we're who we are, I'd be okay with that being a, a route of possibility for you. <laughs> I, I tried we, to hold that face for as long as I could. That straight face as long as I could. <laughs> we both know that's how we think. Like I would yeah, rather yeah, die than yeah. do those kinds of pains, yeah. right? Like to then cause those things to people. But there's ways and, and okay, that actually unfortunately became not a good analogy, but <laughs> I would never want that to be the mode of operation for I our church. Not, I would not kill you like that. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. But yeah, no matter how you killed me, even still, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I would rather that the church have ways of influencing each other when they see each other going away from things, right? Like church discipline is a concept in the, in the scripture that's not as applicable today in the culture. Because we can just move away and not be a part of a church. Like, I, I'm not going to go to your ch- seats anymore if I don't agree with you. Uh, back then, it was like, there's a letter in the Bible to a guy who disagreed with somebody to the extent of moving away. It's called Philemon. If you go read it, Paul writes to a guy and there's this whole issue. And there's an actual book of the Bible regarding a disagreement that was uh, of eternal significance. Right. And we don't deal with those things in the same way these days in cultural church. Typically now there's a lot of churches that do it and do it pretty well. Um, but there's a lot of liability attached because you can get sued for holding people to standards. You can get sued for, uh, making people think about the fact they're causing pain or suffering or, or going back on their word. Right. Uh, 
in Christianity, fundamentally, truth is a, a, a paramount, right? Like if I'm going to be discussing something with you, it needs to be truthful. I want it to be truthful. You want me to be truthful with you, whatever, right? Like if you start lying about your lifestyle or if I do, there are things that I would hope you could call me out on. And if in the way that church is currently set up, it's a little, more, a little bit more difficult than it, than it could be to call people out on stuff. Um, so I'd like to see those things shifted a little bit. Um, what's the main benefit for that? Cause a lot of times that just destroys relationships. I, in today's benefit, benefit for what? Like, can you specify what's the main benefit for that? Specify what that is. For uh, why, why, if, if there was uh, a major disagreement with somebody like, and, and you left on and you still left and there's still that disagreement there. Um, but that person decided to go to a different church that was still beneficial for them. Like, why is that a, a, a horrific, in your opinion, thing to do? So for me, I, what I'm, and maybe I didn't develop a context for that statement. I'm sorry, but I'm, what I mean is when disagreements are related to sin or what we would call sin and agree upon as sin culturally or community-wise in the church, things that are causing obvious pain like divorce, like leaving children behind, like um, murder, uh, <laughs> you know, like things that we would all agree, Death. like, hey, there's an optimal way and that wasn't it. Um, you know, like th- those are the disagreements I'm talking about. Not necessarily disagreements philosophically where it's like, hey, I read it this way, you read it that way. Like, ah, you know, neither of us can know. I'm not necessarily talking about those disagreements. I'm talking about disagreements that have a fairly significant consequence immediately, relationally or fiscally or all the above, um, community-wise, the impact that it has on the community and the emotional health of those people in the community. Um, Basically, like the love account. If there's like a stealing that occurs out of the account of love from the community you're from because you decided to make this happen and you disagree and so you, you know, deuce in the middle of something or I did or whatever. Yeah. Uh, those are the contexts that I'm talking about, not just like disagreements philosophically or mentally. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's important because those are the things that are the fabric of depth in relationship and you can only endure what you've deposited to an extent like, or what someone has deposited. Um, so using an analogy of like a, a guy one time talked, talked in the context of a love account, right. And a relationship I've deposited a certain amount of love. You trust me to that deposit level, right? Like you trust me because you know, I love you to a certain extent, right? We start getting to the bottom of whatever that level is that I deposited. Or if I start withdrawing way too much, your trust starts going, uh, what's going on here? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. his, you know, this is odd. This is weird. Um, I don't know that I can sustain this, right? Like the relationship doesn't necessarily have enough love or trust there to sustain. Uh, and so community wise in church, you know, we're getting a little bit ethereal, I think. Um, uh, but there are ways to do things that, um, cost a little more and risk a little more. Um, and I'm not necessarily willing to like just try to describe them feasibly on a podcast because it, to That's me, it's, it's more cont- contextual to like in the moment because it depends on who's involved. It depends on the specific people and their like And I, th- I feel like gifting. you went through a list of things a second ago about all things that would be like disciplinary or whatever. But even those, I, I think it definitely is, you know, like with divorce, sometimes people do need a dip when it, when it comes to re- in regards to health and safety and things like that. 
oh, in I my think, opinion. No, I, and I would say that there's there's a hundred percent room for separation in scripture. Like I don't think anyone argues that there's room for separation for safety and for health. All like the things I know are on your mind. Um, just to put that plainly, like I have tons. Of, like, let me just put it this way because I have such a passion about it. Yeah, that was God answering. <laughs> I, with fervor, hate abuse. And so let no one who heard that think that I was saying there's any room for abuse. Like in uh, context. Yeah, because I would, insulin would be like an easy way out for a guy for what <laughs> I want to do to an abusive husband um, or parent or whatever, right? So, um, and and let me tell you that God said he will. He'll tie a millstone around your neck and throw you to the ocean and that'll be vacation for you compared mm. to what God will do to you. Yeah. Um, because there's real pain being caused to women and to children and even to other men. Um based on abuse. And so there's no room for it and the church should have no place with it. And the church should eliminate it from itself. Uh, so let me just make that clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so just clarify, Jesus himself said this, um, because Jesus was saying to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to one through whom they come. And with an exclamation point, which I think back in the day, like you were saying that Hebrew Greek thing, it's a little bit different mm. than it is in English. And uh, temptations to sin would be something like abuse, for example, okay, clearly. It would be better for him, the person causing abuse or sin in that regard, if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. And so I will say that, and I'll make it clear for anybody listening, that there's a real God. And whether you believe in him or not, his day will come where you have yours. Uh, so if you've ever been caused pain by somebody, I'm sorry. And Caleb's sorry. And we hate that it happened. Um, and God hates that it happened. And there's real love out there for you. But um, but all that to be said, <laughs> uh, the church could be a, a way better place for people like that mm-hmm. uh, who who need help from abuse, like you were talking about with the divorce. Um, and even, dare I say it, for those who have caused abuse. And who truly want to repent and want to heal and want to cause healing for the people they've hurt. Um, that's e- there's even a place in church for them um, to the extent that it's real. Yeah. It, I, all these things that you're saying about the church, um, like what, what the way you want it to go, I, I feel like it's going to be a long time. Unfortunately, I don't see the church doing any of these things and switching up the model or mold that they have on right now. Honestly. Yeah. If I, if I can, though, I would say yes and no. I would okay. say there are churches today doing it. There are there are amazing people yeah, currently doing it. I agree. But at the same time, yeah, there's a cultural majority that we agree mm-hmm. is on a lot of church or a lot of street corners that unfortunately is not. Um, it's, I, it's, I don't know it's that like it will finding ever. a gemstone if you can find one of those churches. Honestly, yeah, I would agree with that, and I, I don't necessarily know that that'll ever change until this is over. This being time, I think America just needs to kind of get a little persecution in their system. Honestly. I think it will happen. Yeah, Again, well, we you know get what you pay we're for. Promised, we're promised yeah. it's going to happen one day. Well, not just America, but yeah, you get what you pay for. So again, it's like any system, all America is is a system of ideals that a few guys came up with 400 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not even, um, but that they left what they were in because that structure of government was not good for them and not good for a lot of people. And they were like, let's go make a better one. And they did. And it's been great for how, how long it's been here to an extent. And mm. I say great, really uh, wishfully. Um, there's it's great a lot in a lot of ways and some and really screwed up in a lot of ways. Right. Too, and thus is people. Yeah. And that's the difficulty. That's kind of life. Yeah. That's the difficulty is there's no perfect place on earth. Um, there's no 
uh, source of good on earth other than the Lord. And so that's why Christianity for me to wrap it all back to that point too, is like the church should be able to help us find the good amidst the evil. Uh, because I don't think we can escape evil here. I don't think we will ever escape mm-hmm. evil here. Yeah. And I think that one of the church's primary roles is to help us find the good in the midst of the evil uh, and then be an influence for more good in the midst of the evil. So, uh, so yeah, I would definitely like to see more of that happening. And, um, and, and I think there are ways, again, if people are willing to dig in, it, it, there is nothing passive about real Christianity absolutely nothing passive. Uh, and so you cannot passively attend or, uh, try to just add Christianity to your life passively as like a, to do like you would put food in the microwave to cook food. There's no microwave Christianity. Mm. There is only hunt it down, slit its throat, get it, cook it, do the work and then digest it. Right. There is only that for real Christianity. Uh, there, there is no, I wish this was how it was, but it's not, you know, like, mm. does that make sense? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. No, d- definitely. Uh, and I, the, culturally that's what we've accepted. That's yes. what we've allowed to become the yes. identity of Christianity. And that's the wrong. Is this overproduced it. thing that just so, um, yeah. Once a week you go and you yeah, do it, it and then that's it. It's and, not a part of anything. Right. And, and think about your physical body, like separate from religion or anything. If you're going to work out 45 minutes a week, uh, and then do absolutely the opposite of that on weekends, <laughs> every other day, yeah. not just weekends, yeah. every other day, yeah. like every other four, every other section of 45 minutes in your week, <laughs> you know, which is what we almost all end up doing yeah. regarding this whole Christian, anything. Like if we're, if we're not walking for Jesus more than 45, 45 uh, minutes a week, uh, then we're not going to be like him. Well, I think that's what I was saying earlier. I think it's just, everything's too easy right now. I, to I think, extent. yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, when you look at China, North Korea, where this thing that everybody hates about Christianity is exploding in those areas because they're not allowed. Yeah. You know, because they're, it's, it's, <laughs> it, you die if, uh, you're known for practicing Christianity or, or hearing about Jesus. Yeah. It's insane. It's exploding in China right now. Yeah. So every time you, you have these mass persecutions about a certain religion, specifically Christianity as a religion, um, you the have real it, one. <laughs> you have it explode. And I, that's a very interesting thing to me because captains, baby. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong on this and I, maybe I should do a little more research on this, but I haven't seen um, other religions who have been extremely persecuted um, explode like Christianity has. Can we get into that a little bit? Let's go. So I think here's why, right? Because what's persecution? Uh, anytime somebody kills you for a certain belief. We'll go with killing as the ultimate. Yeah, but also, I mean, you can, you can have levels down that are less than death. Yeah, but that's also... But yeah, but so the, the worst... Pause, because that right there, I, I, I hear people say... I'm persecuted for my faith because my doors have in at the church were shut. Shut up, man. I'm like, right not there persecution. with you. That's, I'm right there with you. Yeah, okay. I agree. You, you had some uh, hard but just times. saying to be objective, there are various levels of it. But yes, yes the deepest is physical death. Yes, yes, the deepest. And so, and I agree with you. And so, what is real Christianity? Freedom from physical death. Yeah. Right. And so, the real light versus the real darkness. Darkness has no weapon it can offer if you have freedom from real death. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. Like everything that comes down to like what we base most things off of is our fear of death. Exactly. Death anxiety, terror exactly. management theory. Bingo. And that's exactly like we, every, yeah. everything we try Don't and to buffer is from death. And so yeah. when death is at your front door, whether it be from, from health or natural disasters or a school shooting, like 
things you have a death anxiety because yep. that buffer you've built up your entire you life. Die. Right. Yeah. So if if death is removed as an issue, yep. then you kind of just free to do whatever the heck you want. And that's where, like we talked about before, I think that's one of the things that hugely influenced me. I know it is, is when my plans with my friend <clears throat> were interrupted by death. I had to ask different questions about my life. And it was it and that happens to so many people. I'm not unique in that. Yeah. Uh, but but Jesus has an actual solution, and that's why for me Christianity. And well, and it's funny. I think religion does that for people. Religion as a whole, whether it's uh, the the Christian religion that is all about, um, you can offer like a, a band aid for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, like like I think people can easily run to religion for obviously the wrong reasons. Um, whenever you have to, you know, the issues with. Christianity today, it's all about what most people think it's about is you have to follow the Ten Commandments to be able to earn the love of God. There's no, there's no really earning the love of God. You're just loved. Um, but people think about and they use those tenets of the faith to buffer themselves from death. Right. So then even as they call themselves Christians. Yeah, it's to get away from dying and yeah, going to hell. But that means that we haven't really understood fully what exactly. Christian is about. Exactly. So And unfortunately, there's a lot of place for that in the church where you can have that misunderstanding and it never be challenged. Um, you know, your, your full, your full exposure to what Christianity is versus death is never challenged. Um, in a lot of people that are in church, because in 45 minutes, if you're, if your income is coming in from people sitting in your chair and giving you 10% of their income, um, why would you want to challenge them leaving by saying, Hey, by the way, there's these really hard concepts that we would love to get with you mm -hmm. on. Uh, but they're going to potentially cause our income to go away. It doesn't happen. It's an incentive-based church. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways. You could say that, yeah. You know, that's how medicine is. No, I agree. I you agree. What, and that's one of the things get, I would love to change. Well, prescriptions are, are depending on the prescription is given, the doctor's paycheck goes up, depending on what types of prescriptions you get. Same thing with church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Depending on how good your production is, the more you make. Yeah, yeah. If you can it's afford, pretty, if you can have more seats up. in the building, you can afford more. You can get ten percent from every chair, and uh, statistically, that would be better. Now, I'll also say this for the podcast listeners that I don't believe in tithe at all. I don't think that the New Testament teaches tithe at all. I think tithe is an Old Testament concept that was fulfilled and obsolete, like Hebrews talks about. Uh, I think tithe is all or nothing in the New Testament. Mm. He either has all of your bank account and all of your life. And anytime he needs you to give, you can, or he has none of it. And ten uh, percent is just a little trophy that we like to offer him. Now, I'm not saying if you're giving ten percent, you're doing anything evil. I'm it's just saying some good things, very good yeah, things. Out of yeah, hundred percent. There's incredible people. I mean, my childhood was paid yeah. for by people who were amazing and oh, wow. decided to give ten percent. Right? Like, and I see that now as an adult, That's and true. I didn't know that then as a kid. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that that was the right way to go about it. It just means that that was what they knew to do. Right. And so I think there, there's deeper mm. ways. And um, so I, I personally don't believe in the tithe. I don't believe that there's a 10 percent, a 10 percent. Um, I think that getting into Old Testament tithe was closer to 33 percent. And I think that that's significant in its own mathematical, amazing way. 33 is my favorite. Threes, number. man. Threes it's a are bang. Yeah, because you can't have a third of something. Hmm. Go 33, figure that out. 33 point. Uh, is it 33 or 33.36 or 66? No such thing. 33.6666. Yeah, go find a true third. Go find one. Like a whole number? <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, like theoretically, it'll go on forever. You'll have 33.3333 forever yeah. until somebody takes the cake and it goes three point, you know, point three four, <laughs> right? 
and it there's a directional change but god for however is a trinity i'm just going to throw that out uh, there uh, it's another impossibility there with christianity but huh. he is do you think there's more dimensions than 100 yeah yeah 100%. doesn't the bible teach something about like 12 dimensions or something like that it, there's people that interpret it that way yeah, yeah. then uh, or 10 or i've heard i've i've heard i think up to 10 up to 10, 10 but 12. um but I mean, I don't necessarily like delve into all that. Cause it's uh, dude, a little it's bit of a, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I, I I like diving into a lot of it because um, I go in there. the worlds of today where people think that the, if the Bible doesn't say it necessarily, that it doesn't exist. So, do you believe in simulation theory then? Simulation theory, yeah, as a part of a realm, maybe like this, what we're in right now, because as I a simulation, yeah, 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 I think it's simulation. I How think could it be a simulation? I think we're a figment of God's imagination. Can I drop the mic? <laughs> Just walk out. We're simulating what he has put into being. That's what I think. And I think physics wise. So if it's it a agrees. simulation, how do you have? Okay, you can do that all day. But if it's a simulation, how can you have choice? Why don't you have choice? In a simulation? Raise your right arm. You didn't. Why? Because you have choice. You chose not to do what this fool Israel said to do on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, but... It, Why in, don't you have as like a, You think that God created like a computer algorithm? Not necessarily, but I think maybe to our puny brains it functions as such, but I don't think it's that. I just think... Because that's, that's what the current simulation theory is, is that it is a computer algorithm. Potentially. No, it is. That's what the... That's what the uh, well, yeah, but as we know, compu- but I mean, like, computer algorithm could mean a bunch of different stuff. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's like some, you know, Czechoslovakian code written by some dudes. That That's also a computer algorithm. It's like we have a concept of a computer algorithm. So what, what led you to this idea, though? I think that everything was spoken into existence. It's all information from Jesus and... Uh, it's by his word that all atoms have mass and energy and matter and like that we're all functioning right now. It's based on his word. And I think that uh, physics actually like describes some pretty cool things out of the Old Testament that. But wouldn't that be a fingerprint? Oh, okay. I kind of get where you're going with this. So, okay. I see what you're saying. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a physicist. Yeah. I'm not trying to say I have the exact language. I'm yeah. just saying I, I don't mind this being simulation to think theory about. to the extent that God created the simulation. But I think what's funny is that uh, people can get off on this and like completely go off on that tangent. When it really doesn't matter whether it's, whether yeah, it's a exactly. simulation or not, it's like, okay, we're still here. Yeah, this is as real as we can perceive, so move on. <laughs> like, what, what, are we going to sit here and, like, fake that we have a red pill to take? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are we going to do? Like, so, okay, so, yeah. So still got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, if you have simulation theory. <laughs> Tell that to the IRS. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sorry, guys, I'm not paying my simulated taxes. Like, this isn't real. Oh, okay, yeah. but you still have to do these things. You have a very unreal fine coming at you. <laughs> huh. It is interesting to think about. I, again, I think it goes back to, uh, I got to stop saying that. Can I ask you a question? No, I don't do questions. Let's well, guess. Why for you, does a simulation, because I personally, I don't have a struggle with this, but I've known a lot of people have had struggle mm-hmm. with this. And, and this is a question that comes up a ton in discussions that I have with people about faith. Yeah. <clears throat> if God's in total control, like to the extent that he has managed every atom and where it's positioned in the universe uh, through all time. If that's the case, and what that would mean, I'm using simulation theory, right? So if simulation theory, why did you go, well, does that mean you know we don't have choice? For you, why in your brain does that mean you don't have choice? Because for me, it doesn't do that. Um, uh, 
I, I go back to the clockmaker idea that um, if it is a simulation, it, if it is a computer game, um, it's automatically uh, controlled. I'm I'm out of, I'm a RPG right on Call yeah. of Duty. I'm yeah, the guy yeah. being controlled by the, the controller. Yeah, and then if you're automatically controlled by the controller, whoever's doing the controls, um, that means you don't have choice because there's no free will in that. Yeah. So, so I get what you're saying um, to some extent. I really, again, it doesn't matter. It's interesting to think about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, like, cause for me, I don't believe in free will either. For instance. Okay. So you're getting into like predestination type stuff. Well, yeah. Or Calvinism. No, not Calvinism, but predestination would be one of them. But yeah. like I, cause I fully believe in predestination, but yeah. I, I think why, like to me, it doesn't end as a negative and I, I know to also that's because I haven't suffered a lot. Like a lot of people that I've had this conversation with have, have suffered tremendously and they go, well, that's because you haven't gone through what I've gone through. How could God predestine me to go through what I've gone through? I get that. And I get it conceptually. I don't get it experientially. Uh, but why? So your, your simulation, what I see is, um, just God's fingerprints throughout the world. But I'm saying, so what I mean by I don't believe in free will is like, for instance, we can't fly. We're I bound. I can. <laughs> oh, well, show me later. <laughs> in a plane. Yeah. Right, exactly. You turned, you turned the, the orders that were submitted to of physics into usable ways of getting around them. And then, you, <laughs> you know, somebody designed a plane and you well, can I, fly that plane. No, so for yeah. instance, <laughs> gravity, right? Like you can't right now jump yeah, correct. 70 feet in the air, right? Why? Because you're limited by biomechanics and by physics and all these other things. So you don't have free will over gravity. You have free will over right now. And by free will, I'm using air quotes here. Like what thought could come into your head? But do you? Like, are you limited by your exposure? Like, could you think thoughts that have never been thought before? Probably not. You could think what you've seen and what you can combine in the atoms of well, your I, existence. I, well, I've never... Uh, but is it free or is it just exposure? No, those, there are thoughts that come in my mind without choice, yeah. Well, without your choice of a yes or no, but uh, are, are they without... Are they in freedom or are they in exposure? Like, it's just a sum. That doesn't make sense. Say that again. Say it in a different way. It's not. It's not unlimited thought that's coming into your head. It's limited by the local the exposures area. that you've yeah. had to that's, produce that's those a, stimuli. The local mind and the global mind is what that's called. Yeah, and so in neuroscience. So I don't believe in free will because I don't believe there. I, I believe there's some things like time, like when we were born, who we were born well, unto. And yeah, like, but so, the, I'm talking about choice. Choice and free will are the same thing to me. But I think the problem is we turn choice into a yes or no rather than thousands of of factors that determine an outcome um, or that influence an outcome, not determining even necessarily. It, and I think it's like going back, like for me, what did it, what answered this for me was like in Job, there's a scripture in the Bible, like where Job went through a bunch of nonsense and we would see it as nonsense. And he asked a question to God and then God didn't answer his question as a yes or no directly. He didn't say like, here's why Job. He just started giving him a bunch of factors and a bunch of scope that Job had not been able to comprehend before that moment. So all God's answer to Job contained was more scope than Job had capacity for in that moment. And that was the Job that was the answer Job actually ended up needing to sustain him and then make him worship. And then there was a deeper reward for Job than he ever had before. Yeah, so, I, I, I get that. 
so my, for me, it's like choice because I've heard that so many times, like choice and free will, even of themselves have a similar root to me, but I don't see either one of, I don't see them being exclusive. I don't see choice. Like, so they're not synonymous to you. No. So here's, I, 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 um, I've heard similar arguments to these. Uh, what did it for me that you can't have life without choice is the concept of love. If Which I love choice. I'm yeah. all for choice. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. responsibility. I've choice totally and free will. It. Those are the things. Free will to me is choice. Yeah. I don't believe in free will. Okay. So, so before I get into this idea, yeah, yeah. why is free will not choice? Because choice is like picking from a set of propositions, right? So like I'm proposed through whatever circumstance between a few options and I choose whatever option I'm choosing, right? So like, Somebody says red or blue, and I choose red or blue. Or somebody says, hey, you could go be anything you want for a living. What are you going to be for a living? And then I calculate the data of what I could potentially be for a living, and I choose what I'm going to go be for a living. Look right? Up, look up the uh, uh, definition of free will real quick. Well. I'm just kind of curious. But this is, again, it's English context and yeah, people's yeah. perspective. And so that's where I challenge. I'll buck it, and I'll say, you know, it's free based on what criteria. Okay, so if there isn't, so it's free within a our worldview. Whose worldview? Okay, we're talking about humanities here. No, 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 yeah, right? yeah. So inside of humanities, because we are bound by humanity, right? We that's why if if we weren't bound by humanness, yeah, we would be gods. We would be God. So we are bound and limited because that's why Jesus so, came down. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying the Oxford Dictionary says the power of the free will is the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate, the ability to act at one's own discretion. So like will within yourself. And I would say discretion at what circumstance? Again, I you're 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 basing these definitions on it seems like on uh outside limitations of humanity. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get that, but I, I I'm living in the now. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm, I'm not just talking. I'm, 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 I'm saying certain circumstances that aren't. Ge- no, I don't take it that way. <laughs> That's why I asked. I asked that question on purpose because, like, I and I'm not trying to be argumentative. No, I, I, I'm, I'll teach me. Let's go. Well, not it's, teach, it's a good like, it's a good thing. Yeah, exploring. it's a good thing for my brain to understand. I'm not saying explosive. necessarily I'm right. I'm just saying I can't comprehend it. Like I can't comprehend. And that's the humanness that I'm talking about. Yeah, like I can't comprehend why for you when you heard me say oh. that you went this or this. In my brain, I don't have this or th- I don't have oh, so you, you know choice or or not free will, you know, like you went there and in my brain it doesn't leave me there. And so I always wonder like, oh, what what circumstance or or belief or fundamental or what you're saying uh, uh worldview. What worldview requires that if this about God or whatever sovereignty or people say Calvinism or whatever they want to say. If that about God, then that means we're, we don't have free will or we don't have choice. And for me, I don't have that. Well, I think it, before, before it goes further, we have to figure out if free will and choice are the same or not. Yeah. So I, I don't think they are. Hmm. So keep going. Um, okay. So I, in my context from that perspective, free will and choice are the same. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm not, I'm going to dive deeper into that now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, without, like you can't, we know that love is everywhere. You 100%. can't have love without free choice, free will, free will. That is impossible. It's an impossibility. You can't, you can't love somebody without free will. Like just like um, um, the Calvinism, Arminianism is. You know, are we all free will or are we all uh, predestined and 
told to do. Like we don't really have a choice in the matter. It's right. choice. Fate. Yeah. So with love, free, uh, choice, and free will. Like you can't love without them. So that for me, that's like the separation from all this. Okay. And that's how I could, that's why I come back to that standard, that uh, conclusion that like, where does love even come from? And if we, if we are forced to love somebody, that's not loving them. And so, so I guess that's yeah, where my curiosity is. So without, so what was the initial, initial question again? The, uh, the simulation and. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like free will, you know, if I believe in that, we may be in. But you don't have free will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's right. So. For me, it's like, but I do fully believe in responsibility and choice. By the way, yeah, yeah, okay. But without free will, if you don't have free will, then you have the impossibility of loving. Which I guess that's where I ask why. Like, hmm, it makes me curious. Because right, if 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 you are forced to love somebody, that's not loving. I don't, well, I could see why you would say it that way. I I don't, and I'm not trying to be difficult. No, tell me your perspective. I don't necessarily look at it as. Forced, I would say. And it's huge. Obviously, what we're talking about right now is like everybody debates it all over the world and Mm -hmm. planet and they're way smarter than we are. But just give me your opinion. I look at it as like a compelled, like. Like a light and darkness, right? Light shows light is love. Darkness is not love. It's It's the absence. Do you yeah. need a drink? No, I'm good now. You sound, sound like you need a drink? Yeah, I did. And then I cleared my throat and I'm all right. <sighs> At least I think I am. Maybe I'm not. But, um, you know, like that, that tongue you get. Um, I'll take a drink just in yeah. case. But, <clears throat> so I look at it as love is regardless of me. Like love exists regardless of me feeling it or utilizing it or mm-hmm. d- dispersing it. So, so love doesn't need me to choose something for love to happen out of me. Love will happen um, because I'm not that big of a deal, right? Uh, and so I look at it as I'm invited into love. I'm compelled to light and then I'm able, I'm, love is able to flow through me. Love is able to be utilized through me in people. Is your phone on the table? Yeah. Could hear that, man. Interesting. Yeah, you got killer ears over there. I guess. I don't know if you're in damage. I don't know why. I uh, so I and maybe, maybe so the invitation to love for me it still seems like that has to be a choice because everybody's invited to love. I guess it depends. To me, it maybe it's just the scope of data that's so huge it's imperceptible to us. Which goes back to the outside of our humanness. And if we're outside of our humanness, then we want to be human. But so I also think too, though, it depends. Like humanness is so varying like as uh, somebody as brilliant as like a uh, Stephen Hawking who can like he was like he can calculate ridiculous mm-hmm. stuff yeah. that I could never comprehend and he may be like yeah, yeah I can already see those components right like I could ca- I could calculate all that data like it's not outside of his humanness but it might be out of mine and so that's where I say like the context I think is a lot of it and what we're able to see and what we're you know whether it's gifted or exposed or whatever but I guess going back to the root of this, can you love without free will? Because if you can love whenever the, you're forced to love, is that love? And I hear what you're saying earlier about being compelled to love. Like yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. you can't not love. 
once you've been made into it. But like, there's no way. Like, there are some people who choose not to love because they've been hurt so bad. So they don't. They're by themselves. Um, They hate everybody in the world. So that is a choice that they have to make. Because if it wasn't a choice, then they would love. Yeah, and there's tons of responsibility associated with that. Like they could. It still goes back to that same ideal, though. Yeah. Without free will, you can't love. Yeah, I just would say I don't. I don't know that it's as simple as a yay or nay. I think it's like there's so many factors. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be argumentative. I just literally can't pre- comprehend it in like a if then. Mm. Like it it just can't be simplified down to that for me. Um, and I'm not saying you're wrong at yeah. all. I just like there's more to it. So then let's get further into what that is. Yeah, because yeah. So, like from, for you, you think in such a way that is um, like you're trying to contextualize things that aren't, like cannot be contextualized. And yeah. so your perspective is coming from um, if you like had all, yes, yeah. if you were all knowing similar to what, like you're kind of trying to tap into what God is feeling about this in some ways, it seems like. Well, and I think, cause that's where it comes to like that. God is love. And so what we do is I think we experience things and we say, well, that is love. And we have elements of love that we experiment, experience and we have components of it. <clears throat> and like what Jesus said, like greater love has no man no humanity than this, than to lay down his life for his friend, right? To die selflessly for somebody. Um, that's like the greatest expression of love on earth. Uh, but it doesn't say like that's the essence of love. You know, like we just know God is love. And so <clears throat> we won't fully know it until we're done here and in him fully. But it makes me think in my mind, like there's like a caution, maybe it's not a caution even, it's just like a incompatibility with like l- limiting love de- like definitively what it is by what I can express or by what I can partake in or by what, by what I can um, channel through me, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and that's perfectly fine. You know, where uh, I was, I came to this conclusion from was uh, knowledge, right? I, I'm, I, I want to know, I want to be so knowledgeable about something that I can reason and logic. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's a good thing to do. hundred percent. So mm-hmm. there was some major conflicts that are happening with people and their people were like, again, getting too caught up in this ideal yeah. of free will or love or choice. And that some people like completely dipped out of my life because of it. Yeah. Likewise. So I, was, I was like, I need to kind of figure out where I stand on this to understand where they might be coming from, where I stand on this. First off, and I I came to the conclusion like it, first off, this doesn't matter. But but let's let's get let's figure it out. There there's yeah. is love. We all feel it. Where it comes from, it doesn't matter honestly. Um, and so it, I came to this conclusion based on that Experience. history. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you're coming from it from complete. It seems like a very different perspective, which is cool. It's fine. You know, I I, I don't know if I completely agree with yeah. where you come from, but that's fine. I, I, yeah. But now I'm going to start <laughs> researching some stuff on, on the synonymity of free will versus love or free will versus choice. And if they're same or different. Um, but again, uh, we, we, well, and I think it's all context. If I'm honest, like, yeah, I think it's all based on perspective. I, yeah. I, it's all based on where we're coming from when we ask the question. And I think they, I think God has put this, curiosity in the heart of man yeah to ask the questions yeah. and further because like the, the further we start learning about the world and all the ins and outs and intricacies of love hope 
um, neurology, neuroscience, yeah, anything. things that we don't know about. What the exists. further the further we dive deep into trying to know is actually us further deepening our hearts for Him. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, well, and, and to even bring it all back, it's like why that question even came up was because you said something that made me go, "Huh." There's an element in Caleb that made him say that that I don't understand yet about the free will love thing. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. "So I want to know Caleb more." So, like, can you expound? So I, I'm still kind of curious so, on where you came from that there is no free will, that you're thinking outside of like these intricacies. Well, I just mean like using something simple and I don't mean to make it all expansive and make me sound like a quack, but I mean, just like expand. In, no, in there's, the there's a lot of people that still believe that and, and are, are, are trying to figure this concept well, out. Well, it's like circumstantial will. So it's like we, you know, for what is free, I guess is the definition, but it's like, like, do I have choice and responsibility? I fully believe that. I have choice to not walk outside and be a dick to people, right? Like I got to be a good dude. Yeah. And I have a choice on what that looks like. And I learn those ways of operating and based on my beliefs and based on different things, that's how I operate. Um, Wait, does, does your choice to do that come from your free will or your will? Well, it's, maybe. And that's where I'm open, but I'm saying, I don't know I, why I say not free is because of circumstances like physics and like time and like, but you do believe in will geography. You have a will to do something. Yeah. Like I have will. So I have costing. I will? have, it's a what? Does, so does your will cost? If it's not free will, but you have a will, does that mean it's a cost, like a, a will that costs? I think so, yeah. So, what so does that's it cost? a great way to say it. I think it costs life and death. That I think makes sense. Well, maybe not. And as I mean, we're exploring it together, <laughs> but I'm saying like I, and it, it's something I've thought a lot about, but I don't know that I have all the language for, but like our will is what causes pain or not on earth. Yeah. Right. Like the cost of our will is pain or the opposite of pain, right? Joy or whatever. Right. That is what I would say is the cost. Um, but it's not free as if we can just explore it consequ without consequence. Uh, and it's also not free in the extent that it's not bound by a lot of stuff. Cause it's bound by things like we were saying, like time and circumstances. And when you made a good point of distinction of like outside of humanity, sure. Outside of biological humanity, but even that, you start getting into like neuroscience and you go, where do neurons come from for thought? And then that's a big question. Like what, how do you get a new neuron? Oh, well ask quantum physicists. Cause there's some debate there. How do you create matter? Yeah. <laughs> so like one thing that just, create matter. You didn't have a thought and then you had one and you can measure that in an MRI. And that and thought it's creates a pathway, neurological pathway that actually creates matter. And potent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like potentially there's new, there's like uh quantum positioning of, of the particles in your brain before they create the neuron based on what, path your thought mm. would take right and like that's literally measured in an mri in a study i don't remember the name of the study but hmm. phenomenal stuff i think carolyn leaf was one that i heard right. from first but she She's was cool. talking about the study that she was it was back in like the 80s but it was is they literally can run mris and say like yeah there's not a neuron here and then there was one and there was we don't know how the matter got transferred hmm. right and so I, I do think quantum physics happens in our brain which is one of those reasons why I'm like not bound to a way of describing it. But like I persevere with you in conversation because I love you. And I'm like, hey, I, not at all to say I'll ever get out of your life. I think that's the immaturity of discussion when we're mm -hmm. young. Yeah. And I've lost friends that way too, is yeah. we have disagreements and our pride goes, I'm right, you're wrong. To the extent I'm willing to kill the friendship over, yeah, right? It's, it's stupid. It, what, hill, what hill are we going to die on? Are yeah. we going to die on the idea of free will and love? No. You're right. It's We're, not the big deal. We all love. And as children or mm -hmm. as immature people, we don't know how to persevere through the 
disagreement, uh, misunderstanding yeah. even. And it might not even be disagreement because we don't even know yeah, we're true. talking about the same thing. <laughs> we're like, I don't know what's free. What is it? Exactly. <laughs> we're just exploring, yeah. but we don't have the tools to explore safely. And again, go back to that cost thing. Yeah. Right. And so I think the way you just said it, like, what's the cost? Is it costly? Will? Yeah. Like, I think that's an incredible way to say it. And I've never, ever, I've never heard, heard it described that way until just now. So a costly will. Every decision we make costs But, but that's a choice though. Yeah, agreed. And I'm fully with choice. So, cho- but are you- <laughs> We just are bound to limitations and our choices are presented to us through those limitations. So like, step one is free will or will. We'll call it a will. We'll go with that, yeah. We'll say it just for whether it's costly or free. Doesn't matter. There's a will. There's a will, And yeah. the will leads to choice. Is that what you're saying? It, well, it's one of the mechanisms we use to make choice, Yeah. We choose based on our will and other factors like circumstance, geography, physics, all these other factors. And we choose things and then we live our life based on those choices. So is there a direct correlation and relationship between free will and love or does choice and love make that connection? I don't, Cause I don't it, know. Because we, we do agree that there, that love has to, ha- like it has to be a choice within somebody. Do, do you agree? Or a will within somebody. Our human expression, our greatest expressions of love. Yeah, I think uh, they let's do. Just, let's just, the, the, within the bounds of humanity, you know, we're not gods. We're not in. No, no, no. But, but I'm saying now, like that's metaphysics like. Metaphysics or anything uh, like that. The reason I say that though is because like what is love? And I'm not saying it to be crazy. I'm saying it because like love is like one of the more, it's, it's one of the only things more powerful than fear of death. Yeah. Well, it is. It's the only thing. I would say that, but yeah. a lot of people might not agree. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. So, okay. Like. I'm not, I'm not afraid of physics more than I'm afraid of death. Yeah, but right? well, love is the personification, a symptom of who he is. It's like what has been given because he is love. Just like Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that eternity has been placed in man's heart. Eternity and love are both eternal. Yeah. So if eternity and love are synonymous and eternity is synonymous with Jesus, that means Jesus was just inside of our hearts and it's just synonymous with love. It's just a personification of who he is. So that's how Actually, I, that's why I define what love is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I'm saying, I think it's our expression. Keep going. Sorry. No, you're good. I, 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 I think I connected, cut you off earlier, but again, if, if there is a relationship between love and free will hashtag or not hashtag, um, slash choice, is it both and or singular relationships? I don't think it's dependent. Cause like if I was not here and a grant, I mean, it's all hypothetical, right? But Cause like, is there multiverse or not? By the way, if you say if it's already hypothetical, <laughs> so he, if it was hypothetical, no, it already is. If potentially <laughs> hypothetically, so I'm so sick of that word now. <laughs> which is why I believe in absolutes, and I don't know if that connects for you, but for me, it makes total sense. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> there's only one option. For us to serve or not, for us to be like love or for us to not be like love. Which is choice. And I would say it's not free will. But I would say it's choice. <laughs> That's why I'm saying this is so crazy. Is because <laughs> But we first we sure first have to define if free will and choice were the same. If will and choice were the same. I don't same. think they're the same. Okay. Yeah, so I that think one's means, a mechanism of the other. Oh, okay. So if you believe that, then your absolutes, you're talking about earlier how you have to choose these absolutes or whatever it is, where does it come from then? God which we choose to believe in, which is... Yeah, but if we don't choose, he doesn't change. Yeah, but that's still our choice in humanity. It, God God loves everybody no matter what, right? He hate, right. He, he hates some of the actions that people do, but he, he definitely hates loves... sin, but he loves yeah. the people, right? Yeah, but we're not God. So if yeah. we were God, we, were be, we would be able to love, which is kind of funny. Like, as the Holy Spirit was given to us, we have that option to love everybody. But we're not if we're, love in and of ourselves, though. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But we've been given the 
choice to, to express love. it. Yes. Yeah. But if if you agree that choice is a precursor to love and free will and, and uh, I'm trying to track with you. Keep yeah. Going. Okay. So if uh, before we start this, if if you believe that uh, love and choice or you have to have those, I don't necessarily. But keep going. You've been trying to convince me of this, and I'm no, saying I, I, I'm trying. You're you're for me. It's not the same. Okay. So so love is independent up here. So you have love. Okay. God is love. He's there. Okay. Regardless of if I ever exist. Yes. God's there. Love. Yes. Whether or not I choose, love exists. Yes. So I can have love pass through me and choose that, but it doesn't need me to. Yeah, I'm 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 agreeing that love is a personification. It's Jesus. It's God. It's yeah. who he is. It's whatever. Um, but there are people who choose not to love. Yeah, yeah. And so that has to be a choice. Well, so or if, it's circumstantial because of what they've been through. Which is still a choice. Is it? I Could think they so. make the other choice without those circumstances? But the fact that they have that option is choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. I'm, I, so I'm okay with the choice. Okay. But I'm saying it's not dependent for love. Choice is dependent for love. You have to. So. Yeah, I don't think so. I think if, it's like a mechanism uh, of expressing let's, it. Let's forget about free will choice for just is a minute. A, yeah, yeah. Choice is a mechanism of expressing love. So like you will, I, will I, I, I could choose to show love to you, but love doesn't need me to choose anything for love to exist. Yes, I know. But at, but again, you're... You've placed love. I'm talking about love as humanity within us. The expression us. of it. Yeah, yes. Then, yeah, yeah. That yeah. has to I be. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. I, I, <laughs> to express okay. love requires choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's all Which I'm saying. I'm fine with, but it's yeah. not free will. To me. Okay. To me. And I'm, I'm not I'm putting tr- that on other people. I'm, I know, but I'm trying, like, I, because I started this show to learn, I'm trying to figure out that concept how yeah. free will so i'll just have to do that later honestly yeah well, yeah we got plenty <laughs> of days and years to talk kind of curious about that now i'm a kid's godparent so i can figure <laughs> that out. we have plenty of times to talk <laughs> well i mean <laughs> if i die now yeah well then down the line we can so exactly we Man, this, eternity. this is this is a fun podcast like we're at 225 wow two and a half hours that's awesome it's not the it's not the record it's but it's been it was an close. honor it's been an honor to be on so far it's fun so I hope you. I doubt people will follow all the way through it and go for it. I, I bet this will be one where they're like, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it's as random as they come. This content is on for as long as I have the show, so it's like I'm not deleting this stuff. So yeah, yeah. Whether people listen to it now or later, it really doesn't matter. I think that these are the topics that most people won't talk about because they are afraid of conflict. I'm good with that. So yeah, yeah I've even had thoughts tonight of like, "Well, I said that. That's out there in the yeah. in the public now, yeah. potentially." So. But again, a very <laughs> freaking if hypotheticals. I don't know what I'm saying though. But I'm not afraid. I'm with you. I've said what I said. And, uh, it's been a great and I could be wrong. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I'm not afraid of being wrong. And like one of the most influential men in my life once said, he really helped me free up from some stuff. I had some insecurity, had some fear and some things. And he was like, look, Israel, are you afraid to repent? I was like, no. And he's like, then go forward. Like, are you afraid to turn around and say, guys, I'm so sorry I hurt you. Like I was wrong. And then do whatever it takes to to mend. Well, we have the power to mend. And it's yeah. like, and no, like I'm not afraid of that. And because uh, my intention, like we started out with, is to just love people and yeah. and, and to understand them and to connect and to uh, if I have a solution, not that I have a solution, mm-hmm. but if I have a solution for them, that I'm able to deliver it. 
And um, so, yeah, I've loved what we've talked about. I think it's freaking it's been awesome. Fun. Yeah. Again, huge honor. I, I, uh, I, I, this isn't necessarily for everybody. A lot of these conversations are simply just for me. Like, yeah. it's just if one person, which I, not one person can listen to the episode, there's going to be a lot of people listening to the episode, but um, it's been fun just being able to curve some of my thought processes to strengthen what I believe or not believe and to make myself better in who I believe in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any last words? Yeah. If anybody listens to this all the way through, uh, and makes it to this point, I will give you a dollar if you come up to me in physical person and say, I listened to it. Again, where's my dollar? <laughs> okay. I'll sell you a dollar. All right, man. See you later. Later.